Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's films are Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. In case you didn't get enough of standing and pounding your joystick at home. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. So how was everybody's Christmas? It was, uh, that was actually pretty good. I feel like yeah. I went two weeks without, like, Trump fucking the world up, and now he's making up for going two entire <laughs> weeks without fucking the world right? up. Yeah. But I don't know. It was a little, once again, it was weird this year. Saw that uh, Doug ahead of the Grogu to his house. No, my son got a Grogu. I would never spend my money on a <laughs> toy for me to play with. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're definitely not at five o'clock at night being like, you need to go to bed. Did you, did you quickly explain to him? You're like, this is dad's house toy. This one stays here. It's He'll be waiting issue. for you when you get back. <laughs> That there was some discussion of like, well, if you take him to mom's, you gotta make sure you bring him back because he likes to sleep here. <laughs> he prefers he prefers it here. I built him a Grogu nest. <laughs> yeah, he gets your room now, actually, little man. <laughs> <laughs> you have to sleep on the couch. We put Grogu to bed every night in your old bed. <laughs> so, yeah. So do anything, anybody do anything fun for New Year's? No. No, me neither. Full lockdown mode here. We weren't. Yeah. We were at our social gathering limit has officially been reduced to zero. So that's as many people as you're allowed to have over. <laughs> oh no, there's me here. <laughs> it was, I was Can't like, get the I fuck out. Go. I have to go. I watched like a movie and then I'm me. like, yeah, I watched like a movie and I was just like, now I guess I'll go to bed. And I'm like, it's not quite midnight, but I'm like, what difference does it make? Oh. Yeah, Amanda fell asleep at like nine o'clock. So I watched some of the uh, annual uh, Twilight Zone marathon. Yeah, there you go. Played some video games. Went to bed. Yeah, it was. uh, It was weird too because like a couple of months back, I was looking ahead in like the days to figure out what my holidays look like. I'm like, oh, I don't have the kid on New Year's. Maybe I'll have some people over, or I'll go out, or something. I haven't really done a lot of that in the last few years. And then, no. No, you you will not be going out. You will be staying home. So uh, I, I've just been painting my 40k army. It's very exciting. I keep thinking I should develop a hobby, but they're pretty. It's pretty sweet sometimes. I'm thinking for the next couple of weeks, my hobby is going to be trying to get a microphone to work. So it <laughs> should take up a little while. Should start playing the Dungeons and the Dragons, Doug. Oh, we'll see about that. 
It's a good time. Not not allowed to have people over. I'd have to play online, and then I'd have to get my microphone to work. It's a whole vicious cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Good times. I don't know. Any other witty banter before we jump into this week's movies that Noah picked? These fucking movies that have been on our list so long that they were designed as part of a crossover show with another podcast, and that other podcast doesn't exist, and hosts from that other podcast have started new podcasts, and we've done crossovers with the new podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's how long we've been avoiding these movies. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think I I just, two more hairs turned gray somewhere in there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i posted on instagram that i was watching one of these movies and it's like oh is this the week you're doing this and uh and i think it was i posted street farther oh you're doing this and uh mortal combat i'm like how do you know you guys been fucking talking about doing those movies forever i'm just not doing <laughs> solid point <laughs> well that's that's what i told you the reason why i picked them is i looked at the list and they were like at the very top of the list and i was like i think they were directly underneath he-man and masters of the universe <laughs> yeah no they were it's like, I was like we better this this had better happen plus sean claude van damme right? oh terrible in this movie atrocious let's 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 just Noah, tell tell us about street fighter okay so street fighter is a video game uh about an underground fighting tournament held by uh a weird like communist no. Nazi dude. <laughs> it's not even that. Come on. What? I, that's what it is. It's just it's a... not an underground fighting tournament. It's just people fighting for freedom. Oh, see, I always thought it was a, a tournament because like they uh there's even brackets and stuff in turbo. Yeah, in the video game, not in the no, movie. No, no. I'm starting with the video game because <laughs> okay. I need people to I, I need people to understand where this movie goes wrong sure and the answer no, is yes. the opening credits <laughs> you're correct oh. no no it way before the opening credits <laughs> this movie went wrong at the pitch meeting <sighs> yeah so so once again the game is about an underground fighting tournament held by a weird pseudo nazi communist dude the, the characters in Street Fighter uh, until very far in are, are extremely undefined. <laughs> They're basically just weird racial stereotypes. E- each one more racially stereotyped than the last <laughs> until you get to Blanca. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? Why is there a green animal man? And you're like, yeah, I'll just go with it. And it's fine. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll roll with it. So uh, that that beloved thing who I, I, I suppose I should say everyone's favorite character is uh, probably Ryu, right? Kyle. I was a Johnny Cage guy growing up. That's Mortal Kombat. This is the wrong game. Oh, shit. I can't keep these two games apart. From my head. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same fucking game. What? <laughs> no. They're the, exact, it's... the same game. They're very different. They were the same game back when I played, because back when I played, video games were still shit. And it was like three buttons, and all you could do is punch and kick. And then you jammed on the buttons at the same time to try to do some fancy move that nobody actually knew how to do. Uh, you're so... <laughs> but, but anyway, so they take all those beloved characters and then just fucking just 
fist fucked them into a storyline <laughs> somehow involving M. Bison's trying to like start Bison Land. He's like, or Bisonopolis. He's trying to make Bisonopolis. a, his, yeah, his own fucking city. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. fucking know why. Well, you but, need some but, capital, but so you, yeah, you just take a bunch of people hostage and make the government give you money to start your and, own country. See? And he's played by Gomez Adams and uh, Raul Julia, yeah, yeah, and somehow. Raul Julia is much more intimidating as Gomez Adams, who is a friendly, lovable character. <laughs> wasn't I, I didn't bother to do research, but for the purposes of this movie, wasn't he like dying? And he just decided that he'd do this last movie. He was dying, and this was his last movie. And he specifically did it because his kids were fans of the video game. Yeah. So, so he wanted to make a movie for them. What a Anyways, stain. but what I a, still think a, he did. On him. He did way more than anybody else in this movie, because if you sure. read, if you read about it, he actually like looked at films of like Mussolini to like get like sure sort of that did. presence. And the reason there's art all around is because Hitler was a fan of art, so he tried to incorporate that into it. Well, right, there's so. there. I, I was gonna say there's one or two really solid things about this film? No. 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 Hear me out. No. All the like, characters... I can listen to you and then tell hold, you why you're hold wrong. On. <laughs> All the characters, they make a pretty goddamn honest attempt to make them look like those characters. Okay, I'll grant you that, but that I don't... Look, yes. Which is, which is a huge plus, because a, a lot of video game movies, they just fucking ignore that shit and just do whatever the fuck they want. Or if you're like Sonic, you just put an hour redesigning him, put out the trailer, and then Ooh. people bitch about it, so you have to redo it. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine back in the day if, if they were like, why is Raul Julia in a muscle suit? This is weird. <laughs> Why does this suit give him CPR? This is the oh my god that ever. muscle that muscle suit so huge. Yeah, and I get once again it was to make him look like the character because that character is kind of like overly muscular, so his head's a little bit too small on him in the video game. And yeah, nice broad shoulders. Yeah, yeah, and and once again I'm gonna give them the fullest credit that whoever was in charge of of casting. For looks, not not for talent, for looks. <laughs> and uh, costuming. All right, I, I'm on board. If, if they had made this movie a little more cartoony, I think I could have been way more on board with it. But they were trying to make a like weird, serious movie, which doesn't fucking... I, I just don't get that at all. <laughs> See, I feel like it's, it's more cartoony than what it needs to be. If they were going for more serious, then it should be more serious, yeah. but... I was going the opposite. Can, well, maybe can I, I cut you go, guys down the middle though? I and just say I think they were going for cartoony, and they did such a poor job of it that it comes across as though they were going for serious. That's yeah. what I think happened. Yeah, fair enough. I think they were trying to make a campy movie, and they're so far off base that it doesn't even come across as failed camp. It comes across as failed drama, which right. is fascinating. That's a yeah, fascinating I, level of crappy. That's what yeah, that is. yeah. I was going to say I think this falls in. In I know this is a refrain that you hear a lot on this podcast, but if they had gone more either direction it would be a better movie well see okay so 
if they had chosen to make a Street Fighter movie, I think I could go with it. Because you're right, the characters look okay. And some of them are capable of doing enough physical... You, not Bison, not, not Raul Julia, but some of the other <laughs> guys are, are capable of doing enough physical action that you could have filmed good fight scenes with them if you chose to. They chose not to, right? So you could have just done that. You could have made that... You fucking you hired Jean Claude Van Damme, who is famous for being in a movie where he played a U.S. military guy that runs away to join an underground fighting tournament. That's that's literally why he's famous. And he did 12 other movies where he plays essentially the same thing. And then you hired him and you brought him in here and went, nah, let's not do that in the one time where it makes complete sense to do that. (laughs) But you could have done that. You could have well, just, you could have had yeah. him be the U.S. military guy. Maybe Blanca's kidnapped by some guy, so he goes into an underground fighting tournament to get his revenge. There you go. There's your setup. He meets everybody else in the on the fucking plane ride over to the tournament or whatever, and they all go in and fight in this tournament. And okay, they could have done that, or they could have said, "Fuck all that. We're just using the name Street Fighter, but it doesn't matter, and we're just going to not bother to rent." mention the video game once and we're going to do this little fucking B action movie about a terrorist takes over a town and the United Nations where they couldn't even get the rights to use the name United Nations for this movie <laughs> has like, to send in troops to fight him and we have our big battle at the end and everything blows up and you know of course it comes down to a fist fight between the head American guy and the head terrorist guy and there you go. That's a movie. We we have done a number of movies that fit that description on this podcast right. and been perfectly fine with it. But what you get is you get this movie where it's like part of the time they're doing one and part of the time they're doing the other. And then there's these references to the video game forced in. So you can't even turn your brain off and go, okay, fine. It's not a Street Fighter movie. I'll just try to enjoy it for what it is. You can't do that because then all of a sudden Bison is setting up bombs and he's using the fucking video game controllers to do it. And you're like, I no. Like this is atrocious and offensive, and stop doing that. Because okay, I I have to stop you there because one hundred percent the best fucking moment of this movie is okay. him on that goddamn thing, and he's trying to take out the boat using a Street Fighter console controller. <laughs> All right, well, I, okay. So the best <laughs> moment in this movie, I, let let's say I concede that to you. Does that make that anything? No, that's. Right, right. It's the shiniest turd in the bowl. Yeah. Like, if I take three shits and and send you pictures of all of them, one of them's going to be the best-looking one, but you're still not going to want to see it. I think tonally, so if we made an underground uh, illegal tournament movie in the vein of Airplane, right? (laughs) Which is perfectly fine. Yeah, which is a psychotic thought. But if if we did that, that scene fits into that. You know what I mean? That's that's the moment, it, and everyone sure. would laugh their ass off, and everybody would be having a good time. But it's but that's not the movie. That scene oh. is, that, that oh. movie is in a go. Uh, that scene's in a completely different movie that has nothing to do with underground yeah. street fighting tournament slash airplane crossover. Because I mean, automatically, if we add underground fighting tournament to this movie, it it's instantly better. becomes better. Yeah, it does not become worse. You can keep the same level of cheese and still just underground fighting tournament. Okay. And you're going to be like, yeah, to- totally fine. So back back to the plot description. Oh, uh, We're still on this, that. <laughs> yes. So this movie defies a conventional plot description. This movie does Fair not enough. have a, a, a standard plot. Instead, 
It is a collection of semi-unresolved subplots. So <laughs> we have uh, Chun-Li and, uh, oh, I'm going to forget his name. Is it Batrug? I can't remember. The, the boxer guy. Boxer guy. Balrog. Balrog, th- thank you. Yeah. And uh, E. Honda, the, the sumo wrestler, who are all three involved in a weird scheme of, at some point, M. Bison destroyed their lives and or livelihoods, and now they have all three gone undercover as a reporting crew? Correct. In which, I let's just skip over the fact that I don't know how you get hired all together and then remain together in order to do your plan, which would take decades of work, of what education. If, and what if, stuff. what if, what if they were all just plotting their revenge individually and then coincidentally all got assigned to the same team oh, yeah, <laughs> to go uh, and cover this event for the news? Possibly. So we've got that. Then we've got uh, Guile and I can't remember Pigtail Girl's name. Tammy. Oh, Tammy. Thank you. Cammy. Cammy. Yeah. Played uh, by Kylie Minogue, who I forgot was in this movie. Who who are uh, totally not UN troops. Uh, uh, and also uh, apparently Van Damme banged the shit out of her on set. Oh, she, most certainly. Cheating on his wife. <laughs> oh, no, it's yeah. no fact. He did. Oh, yeah, that's not what the problem is with this movie, though. It's not the fucking that's, Brussels that's, from Brussels banging the Australian pop star. It's not the issue yeah. that I have with this movie. I, I was getting he ready also, to say, uh, that's he also even, was on. That's not even trivia. It would be trivia if Van Damme wasn't fucking her. <laughs> uh, no, he uh, he also was on a ten thousand dollar a week cocaine habit at that point. Explains oh, yeah. why he had to take this movie. So apparently was not very well liked on the set because he was very erratic and sometimes just didn't even show up for work. Yeah, yeah douche. Good for so, him. so then we've got Ryu and Ken, who instead of being kung fu buddies trained by the same master, they are kung fu buddies trained by the same master who have become weird con artists, but yeah. they only con bad guys because we have to like them. Well, do we? We don't know that they only con bad guys. They no, he said he guys. says it. He says it at one point. Oh, does he? Yeah. But whenever, whenever Guile's talking about them, he is a he, he is a he's, con he artist, though. So yeah, I he don't ba- trust him. Yeah, he basically says, you know, you're going around robbing people, but I notice that you're only robbing from bad people. You know. Uh, then we've got Sagat and Vega, who are worked in as arms dealers, who are supposed to be selling arms to. Bison, and then on the Bison end we have uh, <laughs> Bison and his his muscle Zangief, and uh, the character DJ, who Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> that's a very good response to that character. Jesus fucking Christ, like played, I played by the uh, damn Angelatas guy from Friday the Thirteenth Part Five for all you yeah. fans out there. Oh my god. Like so and then of course Blanca is Guile's friend who is kidnapped and they're doing weird genetic experiments and programming on which is completely outside of everything else that's going on in this movie. And because they're in the middle of this other plot to create their own country and extort yes. 
20 billion dollars from the UN, but yes. also and, just on and, the side to run cre- science experiments and create his own money and use a kidnapping scheme in order to force yeah. the international Which, bank to give the exchange rate he wants, making his money worth more than everyone then, else's. But then, why is he trying to steal the money from the UN? If he's none of his it own makes, money. None of it makes sense. <laughs> Um, and then of also, course, we it, should mention we should mention the uh, experiments are being done by a very uh, racial stereotypey uh, Indian man. Yes, who, who somehow becomes even more of a racial stereotype by the end of the movie. Well, that's when, that's because the big reveal at the end, whenever uh, an explosion happens and he loses all of his hair, is that he's Dalsim from the video yeah, game, the character totally. that was missing the whole time. Oh, it's so terrible. So here's here's the thing: not much fighting in a movie about fighting. Has yeah. fighter in the title, and nobody fights ever. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's real and then, bad. And you've got uh, Chun Li played. Is that, that's young uh, Ming Na Win, right? That is. Yeah, man, she was. Uh, we're we're uh, talking about her on Mandalorian this season, so right. So. Uh, who who is a who is pretty badass like in the ten seconds that she fights in this movie? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they don't do any of that, and I I don't know. I feel like if you're making this movie, all you need to do is have two things: you need to have good fight scenes, and you need to see at least most of the characters throw one of their uh, big moves from the game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. in, in it's a Ryukin or a Tiger Uppercut. So, you know, some something like that. In which we get one. We only get one. <laughs> M. Bison does his fly punchy thing, which is bad. It's very bad. It's a bad part of the movie. Guile does his I, I flip will, kick. I will say Come this. On. Guile tries several of the moves from the video game. The problem is that they're just done so poorly that if you're not watching real closely, you wouldn't even notice that they're the moves from the game. Right. He does that like flying kick. He does that spinny kick. He does. He does a couple of different ones. What? And then Van Damme does a lot of kicks in this. Well, that's the thing is uh, uh, he does like the two moves, and then the rest of it is Van Damme doing exactly what Van Damme does in every other movie. <laughs> it's just there's a I don't know. There's so many decisions in this movie that. Are, are questionable for so many reasons. So if you did research about this game, you would find that a lot of people have different favorite characters. Okay. You know whose favorite character is Guile? Not a fucking person. Well, nobody, nobody. I like Guile. No, yeah, Guile is okay at best. He was my I favorite. Think, I, I think a lot of people like Guile. Like casual video game fans would come in and just pick him because he looked like the tough action star guy. Well, I was also a fan of... Uh fuck is his name t-hawk t-bird oh yeah man. and he's like the worst in this movie <laughs> he gets that Looks. one line of dialogue where they're just like why are you wearing that headband it's my good luck headband all right yeah. we're done we're done with you you've served your purpose in this movie looks nothing like the character acts nothing like the character it was terrible yeah. i'm just saying i i feel like this movie could have uh i don't know i don't feel like you needed every character in the movie that would have been okay, you know. Just yeah. pick pick four or five or, big characters or whatever. And no, just roll with that. Even, you even set it as an underground tournament, and you have every character. That's how you fix it. No, I was yeah. gonna. I was gonna say you just assume that you're not making a shit movie, and that you can make twenty sequels. 
because you're making an underground fighting tournament movie, which is, I mean, one of the cheaper movies to make. (laughs) Three sets, everyone punch each other. End of movie. Yay. Yeah, and a tournament movie fixes a lot of problems that you see in this movie, which we'll show as an example the next movie is a positive. Because, okay, well, we need a plot to come up with why these people are fighting. Easy, make it a tournament. You don't have to explain why they're fighting then. Right. It's like, oh, it's the next round of the tournament. These two have to fight. I mean, you could you could even, since, you know, n- nobody ever minds stealing the plot of another movie. It's an underground fighting tournament. tournament and if you're going with Jean-Claude Van Damme as Guile, he's getting into the tournament to get to Bison. That's the entire point. Like, yeah. The end. Everyone else's character already justified in being there. Yes. Yeah. Well, the um, thing is, yeah, you can spend a minute on each character and just have them explain their own backstory, their own reason for being there. That you know, like Bloodsport did, where like you know you meet a few of the characters, they get a moment. The rest of them are just kind of cool background characters, and you get to watch them do cool fights. You just fucking make Bloodsport again. That's what you do, and you just have the characters be these characters, and that's it. It's done. Just, just like with everything, you just keep making Bloodsport. I don't, I don't understand why the movie industry doesn't understand. If you don't, if you don't like every movie can be blood sport if you just try a little. All right, fine. You know what? If you don't want to remake blood sport, remake Lionheart. It's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Remake the no. quest. Whatever John Claude Van Damme movie you want to remake, remake that one instead you're of this. You're taking this one. wrong. You t- you took that as sarcasm. I am one hundred percent bored. The new Star Wars movies. Instead of just rehashing oh. that old shit, you know what it is? Underground fighting tournament on indoor. I'm 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 up for that. You get to see a Wookiee fighting Ewok. That's the best shit I've ever heard in my life. I mean, we kind of saw part of that in Mandalorian when he goes to that fighting arena, and I am down. Oh yeah, I'm down to get to explore that world. Give it its own <laughs> its own series yeah. on Disney yeah. Plus, where different aliens fight every week. John Favreau comes out. Guess what, guys? We're making Lionheart in Star Wars. Making Bloodsport the series. Every week, another one of Sean claude Van Damme's friends gets murdered in an underground fight. And he has to go fight that guy. And every week, we find a way to excuse to edit in fucking guys chasing him through town like it's a Mentos commercial. Uh, still still get Forrest Whitaker, though. It's like the old 1980s uh, guy roaming from town to town solving people's problems oh, like yeah. the Hulk. But it's always yeah. just his new friend gets killed in an underground <laughs> fighting tournament. <laughs> uh, well, one week, it's probably his new girlfriend gets killed in an underground right. fighting tournament. That's the, that's the big series finale. you yeah. got to have some toys to sell to the girls. And you know how Disney is. <laughs> and we're joking. You know what the funny thing is? We're joking about this. I would watch the ever-living <laughs> fuck out of that show. I would watch every episode. I would have so much more fun watching that than I had watching Street Fighter. I'll tell you yes, that much. I'm sure. Yeah. I would, I, so here's my feeling. So you guys know I like trash. So in mm. this movie's trash and I can have enough fun with it being bad to enjoy it. And it has a few like, I don't know, legitimately funny bits in it. Disagree. Not not very many. But what was, I don't what know. was funny in it? I, I once again, I thought the arcade council controller controlling the minds was fucking hilarious. 
I get I get that it doesn't fit the movie and it's bad, but the movie's bad, so I just have to take what I can get when I can get it. <laughs> I Again, you're right. In Airplane or one of those, you know, in, in scary movie, you know, video game movie, that might be a funny joke. Okay. Uh, I'll concede that. But in this movie, it doesn't work at all. I would say that the biggest thing that this movie does is you want to talk about pissing me off. They go through elaborate bullshit to set up a fight between two people and then don't let them fight. <laughs> and it happens more than once. Oh, yeah. It, the fucking, the whole Vega thing, they, like, yeah. set up a whole arena, and you're ready to, you know, they're getting ready to fight, and then the tank comes smashing through the wall, so they never fight. And it's like, what in the fuck are they thinking? Like, this, yeah. that's what this movie is supposed to be. Well, yeah, because if you just, okay, if, if they want to have a plot, they, they're insisting on having a plot. If the plot was constantly finding ways to put two people in a room and making them fight, and then you have a fight that looks like it's from the video game, I could get behind that. That could be cheesy fun. But this yeah, nonsense yeah, of like, like we they, they literally like it's like Vegas in this like wrestling ring type setup. They make us watch him walk down to the ring. They play his entire entrance music song. He takes off one mask and puts on a different one because the one he wears to the ring is different than the one he fights in. And then one minute into the fight, it's just like, oh, it's over. You're like, why did I we mean, spend so long getting ready to watch a fight if we're not going to watch a fight? But it's not even a minute into the fight. They they get into the ring and they do their weird uh, ring entrance kung fu that is some kind of weird Hollywood requirement for those types of fights. <laughs> uh, and, sure. and that's where it's cut off. It's like they both do their intro dance and, and then it's time to fucking go and no, no, no. And then Chun-Li gets Bison alone. And they actually have an interesting fight for about three fucking seconds of Chun-Li, like, coming at him and beating his ass. And then, no, they find an excuse to end the fight. Like, <laughs> the only fight that goes on for a long time is the Guile and M. Bison fight. And it's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's just atrocious. <laughs> I'm trying to. I, I was before we before we came on here. I was trying to think of other movies to compare it to, because <laughs> you can't. yeah, because it doesn't compare well. It doesn't even compare well against other video game movies. No, because like it's not a batshit uh, horseshit like Mario Brothers, nor is it uh, Yui Bull weird masturbatory <laughs> crap. You know, whatever the fuck he's doing. And I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's just so it's so impossible to compare it to stuff. Yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. It's just, yeah. I was thinking maybe Nick Fury of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't like, know. Like the Hasselhoff Fury movie. I have not actually seen that, believe it's, it or not. It's brightly colored and weird like this is. <laughs> it's just it's so I was going to say I it, there it, 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 there are all these weird little things in the movie that I like once again I like the costuming I even like the fact that the the movie has this weird saturated color palette that kind of it makes it look like the video game looks you know what I mean there's lots of bright blues and uh dark reds and 
these really clashy colors, you know, but you're reaching for stuff at this point. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to be honest. Like, like I said, there are things about it that I like. It's a, it's a shit movie at the end of the day. And I can have fun watching this, but I will say this, even though I had fun watching it, I don't want to sit down and watch this movie again. Maybe, maybe wow. 10 years from now, I might sit down and watch no. it again. Ha ha ha. It's so bad. I literally saw this in theaters in 1994, and I haven't watched it again until now. <laughs> That's exactly the same for me. I, I just, walked out of the theater going, that was terrible. Yeah. Well, I remember, too, because we used to, like, because back then, I don't know if you guys remember, our countries used to get along really well. So we used to just go to American towns for no good reason, just because it was an excuse to go somewhere. And we went all the way over to, like, Watertown, New York, just to go see a movie, just because why not? Because, like, my friend's mom was going over there to shop. We're like, we'll come with you, and we'll go to the movies while you're shopping, and then you can drive us home. And then we're, like, had to walk around this American mall for a while going, like, ah, the fuck? Like, this is normally where we talk about the movie we just saw, but I don't want to talk about that bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like 15-year-olds just going, like, that was fucking atrocious. (laughs) It's it's fascinating to me how much I remember hating it and thinking, well, it can't be that bad. And then I watched it again. I'm like, oh, no, it is. It is. <laughs> it's like everything about it is terrible. Like we we didn't even get into the discussion about the fact that like there's a whole prison break scene in this movie for some oh, reason. Yeah. And then Guile fakes his death for reasons that I don't understand, even <laughs> having watched the movie. Like that's how you catch a terrorist is you fake the death of the leader of the military unit that's there to catch him. And then you don't, you don't surprise them by like showing up in the room and be like, ha I'm alive. Like now he finds out you're alive while you're driving the boat towards his compound. Yeah. Just fucking everything about this movie is nonsensical. Yeah. I so, just... uh, not a recommend. No, it's it's not even a recommend for me because I, I don't want to take the responsibility of saying, hey, this is a good, bad movie and you should watch it. And then you watch it and you're like, what in the fuck? No, like, what like... is what is up with Balrog's hairdo? That is like yeah. the sharpest of the Widow Peaks. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Everything is there's, there's like, OK, I, I will concede that a lot of the characters look like the video game characters. But other than that, there's not a single positive thing I have to say about this movie. It is just. Uh, OK, I have one more positive thing. Yeah, oh, fuck. Oh, God. No, come on. <laughs> Fucking Zangief is great. Everything no. that involves Zangief being an idiot is fucking delightful. No, I don't agree with you. Really? Uh, yeah, oh I my god! I, like it's, I can tell. At least I can tell with him. I can tell he's supposed to be a comical character, which is a step up on the other parts of the movie where I don't know if they're joking or not. But I don't find it entertaining at all. Really? The quick change the channel. You didn't think that was funny? I thought that was fucking great. Uh, no. I... <laughs> I uh, I think the makers of Wreck-It Ralph watched this movie, and they're like, "That's how we should per- portray Zangief in our movie." Right. When they're doing the therapy session. Oh, like I said, I, I I don't know. I just think everything that's Zangief is gold. The end of the movie where DJ like is like, "No, no, we're the bad guys." You don't get that, and he's like, oh. <laughs> "It's like his mind's fucking blown." Huh? And then he's like, "But if we're the bad guys." Why are you doing it? And he's like, because I'm getting paid a lot of money. And he's like, 
Fuck you get paid. <laughs> uh, played by Andrew Bernarski, who's a crazy person in real life, too. Oh, but he's like, I think we need to, for the listeners who haven't seen this movie, so we're not being tricky, it is not nearly as funny as what Noah's making. It. <laughs> yes, yes, those are, in fact, the lines of dialogue, pretty much note for note, but just not nearly as entertaining as Noah's explaining it. It's just... I, don't know. I, I think you're wrong. I think that changed the channel joke is fucking classic. I didn't like it at all. Well, and there's two things. There's two things. Number one, like I don't like the delivery, and I don't like the... I'm not putting that on the actor. I'm putting that on the movie. Like it, a lot of it is it just doesn't fit in the movie. So it is. I guess it's like the same thing I was saying about the the video game controller joke that you liked. It's like yeah, in a different movie, maybe that's funny. But like just having that happen in the middle of this like B action movie for no reason after we had to sit through like 40 minutes of plot for no reason, and it's like like no. You can't. That's not how jokes work. I have to be primed and ready to laugh in order for something to be funny. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, except because we like when that joke happens, we've just sat through the nonsense with Chun Li, or what's reveal. We get our big reveal that the whole news crew is there to join the fighting tournament. That doesn't exist because this is there's no fighting tournament in the movie. <laughs> and then, so we get that big reveal, and then Guile fakes his death. And then it's like, first of all, they find out that it's the, the fake death is all part of the prison break and they're going to track the truck that has Ken and Ryu and Vega and everybody else on it to find out where it's going to drop off guns to Bison. And she's like, I, she's tracking the truck as well. And she's like, somebody else is tracking this. Who could be doing it? It's literally a military transport <laughs> truck driving out of a prison at, at a military base. You don't think maybe they track their trucks? It's shocking to you that this would happen? So then her solution is to dress in all black and break into the morgue? Which makes no sense. And then like three minutes later, they're putting on like a, a performance so that they can get in real close to Bison and enact this plan of blowing up the building where he's in. So wait a minute, you have to have already had that planned. If you already had that planned, what the fuck was all that other nonsense of trying to track the truck and stuff? You already knew you were going to blow Bison up. You're like, we better track this truck. Make sure it goes to where we think it's going. It makes no sense. It's all fucking stupid. It's all fucking stupid. It's just odd. This movie pissed me off. I forgot we didn't we didn't mention. So one of the greatest uh, bad fucking scenes of all time where they're in the ultra sophisticated stealth boat coming up the river. And they're getting ready to pull within range of the radar disc, so they activate its ultra-stealth mode, and then pull in, and then deploy a machine gun and start shooting the radar stations as they go, thus alerting the bad guys to the fact that something's there. Yes. Because stealth does not work when you're actively shooting a minigun, destroying things. Yes. What about the fact that they so they go into stealth mode and then when <laughs> the cameras that Bison's team have set up are picking up like the water, but they're not picking up the boat, so they're just seeing like the waves and everything <laughs> from the, like the wake, and you're just like, what? I think this is where Trump got his knowledge of ste- stealth technology. Ah, <laughs> uh, so bad. Yeah, so bad. You and know, the shitty th- you know thing what? is, I own this. Oh no. 
I bought it. I bought it for yeah. this. Because I, it was on sale like a couple months ago for like $5 on Voodoo. And I'm like, well, it's going to be like 4 if I have to rent it. I might as well just buy it so then I have it. Yeah, that was bad. That was a mistake. And now you now you have it. That's the thing. Like yeah. now it's like, and it's digital copies are hard to just give away. If it's a physical disc, you uh-huh. can give it to somebody. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, should we move on? I guess if you want. So, I don't know. Doug, you wanna you wanna talk about Mortal Kombat or or as I like to call it? We have special effects in our show now. <laughs> we always have. I just never had an excuse to use them before, that. but Mortal Kombat! <laughs> that, that fucking song. Like I don't know. Like whenever the movie started, I was like, oh yeah, the song. And then it started playing. I'm like, Woo! <laughs> Even before the credits roll, this movie's already better than Street Fighter. Oh yeah. Uh, so what? I, I, the weird thing is, the other day, like we got done watching something, and I just uh, TV was on the Sci-Fi Channel, and Mortal Kombat was on. And I was like, "Oh, this is crazy! I got to watch this this week." And she's like, "My wife Amanda's like, are you kidding me? I love that movie." And I'm like, "What?" And she's like, "I used to watch it all the time." And I'm like, why? Like, it was just her and her sister. I'm like, that's a weird movie for two girls to like, who are into like dance and cheerleading. And then I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah, that fucking Mortal Kombat song was in every cheerleading thing for like <laughs> well, five years after that. And do you guys remember how that movie came out? And it, and it very literally on its own made fucking like techno and house music popular for like <laughs> six fucking years it's the weirdest yeah. fucking how does a movie do that how does a movie cause like everybody to go oh you know what I'm super into this genre of music that I didn't give two fucks about a year ago <laughs> uh, so tell us about this movie Doug uh, it's about a bunch of <laughs> honestly that is a pretty good plot description. It is a bunch of people <laughs> fighting combat. in Mortal Kombat. It is <laughs> fucking the first 10 minutes is an excuse to get everybody to this island, and then they will all fight, and we will watch them all fight, and the ones that survive get to fight again, and that just keeps happening. And yeah. we basically follow, we follow uh, Johnny Cage and uh, what's, his, what's his name? Liu Kang? Liu Kang. And uh, so Veronica good. Vaughn, and we just follow them, and they <laughs> fight their way to the top, and that's it. And uh, I-, I was going to say, one of the wild things about this movie is it is outrageously accurate to the video game, for the most part. O- obviously, they couldn't do it perfectly because you got to gloss over some character stories and shit like that. <laughs> but all the the big plot of like them having to fight to prevent the takeover and the Goro being the prince of the, the whatever it is, the shot car or whatever underground fighters and all, all that shit is from the, the video game books. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I believe you again, like when I played the game, it was just turn it on, get to the fight as quickly as possible. Usually lose and move on. Mortal Kombat! 
<laughs> also, uh, since since I was defending the shitty movie, I might as well go ahead and come out out front with my one complaint about the good movie. <laughs> Jesus, okay. it, it was it's really PG for a movie that should have been hard R. Uh, yeah, and that's 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 the studio's fault. Yeah. Apparently, the the original script was like an R movie with all the super gory like fatalities and stuff. I think some yeah. of it was even shot by the way some of the edits happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then the studio wanted it PG-13 to get teenagers into the theater. Which makes sense for a video game movie in 1995. Like, you weren't appealing to an adult audience at that yeah. point. Although I also feel like the type of kids who were uh, playing a lot of Mortal Kombat were the type of kids whose parents wouldn't give a fuck if they went and saw a rated R movie. <laughs> yeah, but it was 1995, right? So it's not the 80s anymore. You can't just like go, oh, my dad said it's okay, and the guy at the theater lets you in. Like that's that's the weird thing. And like the 90s, these it, you can't have an audience where the entire audience is expected to sneak past the bouncer. <laughs> or bouncer, usher. <laughs> Because like that's how it worked then. Because kids who were playing Mortal Kombat would have been a little too old to want to go to the movie with their parents. But then they're not old enough to go to a rated R movie alone. Um, so interesting fact about this movie, number one, Jean-Claude Van Damme turned down the role of Johnny Cage as a new Street Fighter. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I think, <laughs> that that, a- I, I think that made this <laughs> made Mortal Kombat better. See, and I I don't know. If he took his energy from from Street Fighter and put that in this movie as Johnny Cage, as like yep. the uh kind of a dick like uh Hollywood martial arts star, I think that works. Yeah, I think that'd be okay. I don't have no problem with that. I don't know, because I, I I kind of in this it you know this version obviously they went with this cocky pretty boy type thing and i think that's better for the character than attempting to be like jean-claude van damme cocky pretty boy and it's like well cocky yeah but he's more cocky arrogant asshole than sure but but from what i understand the the character of johnny cage is modeled off of van damme anyway so they should have just did it. if we if we were remaking it today who would you have playing oh i don't know so scott atkins is that the uh the big martial arts guy now yeah that'd probably be my pick too i would probably cast a bunch of unknowns so that by the time you get to mortal kombat 11 they'd all still be locked in <laughs> contracts <laughs> Uh, oh, and uh, fun fact number two, uh, Sonya Blade, whatever her the actress's name is, uh, turned it down initially. It's because her schedule wasn't going to work. So she went and made Billy Madison instead. And then Cameron Diaz was supposed to play Sonya Blade and broke her wrist during training. What in the fuck? <laughs> so they called up, they called up uh, Miss Vaughn. And uh, she had just finished rap, finished shooting, so she's like, yeah, I'll be on set tomorrow. And then had to show up with no training and then train between scenes while she was, you know, when they were filming. And then uh, refused to have a stunt double, so she did all of her own stunts in the movie. I just, 
I, I got to point out the fact that uh, for the most part in this movie, I, I fucking love the casting, right? I think everybody's yeah. kind of perfect except for Sonya Blade Aww. with her little skinny arms. Like, I don't I don't get how you're supposed to believe that she's this badass fucking fighter. And she no. looks like a stiff breeze could snap her in half. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough sell in a movie where a guy shoots ice out of his hand and. Another one yeah. takes his mask off as a skull and breathes fire. I get your that's, point. That's what I'm saying. And I and I get that it's the nineties. <laughs> and being the nineties, you only had pretty actresses because anybody who was not a skinny blonde hot chick was not cast in a movie. That was the law. I'm pretty sure they had rules. Yeah, law about of Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. They, they were like, Who is that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I remember in the 80s, you casted that big bitch. What was her name? She was in the Red Sonja movie. Fuck, <laughs> fuck that shit. No more big bitches. Um, but, so sh- should we comment that this movie is an underground fighting tournament, which is what yeah. we were saying the last uh, movie completely should not, have been? It is not an underground fighting tournament, sir. It is an interdimensional fighting tournament. Uh, okay. See, that's why these two movies could have both coexisted had the other one been underground fighting, because they'd still be totally different. Right, they'd be totally different movies. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to make me laugh every time. (laughs) I don't know, so so besides... Besides my initial complaint, there's not a lot to complain about with this movie. Uh, Some of the special effects are... uh, Obviously, they're dated. Pretty yeah. dated. I think they're okay for the time. Right. I think, I think CGI doesn't hold up. Great. Yeah, 90 CGI doesn't hold up. Just the practical effects hold up surprisingly well. Uh, some of Goro's movements are a little stiff from the animatronics, but I mean, right. That's, that's a, a minuscule thing to complain about in this movie. It looks great. Um, yeah. I think the the set design is the thing that catches oh, my eye yeah. when you watch this movie. It looks fantastic, and it's like they have, every fight is held in like a different location, and they all look great, and they all yeah. remind me of ones from the video game. Even though it's been so long, I couldn't tell you if they're 100 percent accurate, but they certainly feel right. Yeah, nobody gets punched off a bridge into a spike pit, but they what? have the spike pit. That's there. that's that's how the last fight ends. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. But I was thinking more like, you know, the outside, like the dudes on the bridge and uppercut the guy right, right. and he falls. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah, get that's, point. that's what you're saying is it's that first point, which is that they edited out the big gory finishes, yeah. which would have been fantastic to have in. Because I do think a lot of the fights feel like fights from 90s movies where they are not they're not as I don't know. They're not fun like 80s fights and they're not. Yeah they're not good like modern fights where they actually are you know you're actually worried about who's gonna win and it's it feels just like movie guys putting on a fight yeah it's a weird polish that uh is a little too polished and you're not worried about who's gonna end up hurting somebody in those fights yeah so they, they don't really look real but they also don't quite cross that line into that like video game looking thing that it would have been had they had the finishes i think so I think those would have been like huge set pieces if they'd had to like finish him every time. I don't know if you have a button for that or not, Brian. I thought about grabbing that, but uh, I don't know. Thought it might be overkill. Nah, 
perfect. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, you, you want to talk about inspired casting. Uh, casting, God damn it! I'm going to get his name so fucking wrong. Is it Kerry Tagawa? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, the guy, the guy who plays Shang Tsung. Oh yeah, he's amazing. Apparently, he went into the audition in costume. <laughs> Oh, it's, and, it's did, badass. and did his audition standing on top of a chair. So they were like, well, we got, we got him. Oh, I was, I was going to say, cause I, something about his delivery of everything is so fucking perfect. Even him, him delivering those stupid nonsensical video game lines is yeah. still great. You know, does it? Your soul is mine. Your soul is mine. Finish him. Yeah. Flawless victory. Uh, you know, you're like, uh, yeah, fuck yeah. Kerry <laughs> Tagawa is his name. There's another name in there, but I'm just I'm going with the first and the last. Oh, yeah. Afraid to discuss casting, should we talk about casting a white guy to play the god of the Chinese people? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so but no. like, Raiden in the video game, Raiden was a white guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's carryover racism from the video game. <laughs> but, yeah, I would say, so here's, I, I have mixed feelings, because number one, racism, bad. But, Christopher Lambert. Yeah. yeah. They got, they got Christopher Lambert and it's the Highlander. He's in the movie, guys. <laughs> it's hard to argue with the Highlander. Can we, can we, can we allow just a, smidgen of racism just a little just a little smidgen of racism to sneak in christopher lambert (laughs) it worked out for him anyway because apparently they had only uh budgeted enough for him to shoot close-ups in hollywood and then they were just going to use a stand-in for when they went to uh thailand and he uh thought nah it's probably it would probably be better if i came to thailand and so he went without asking for more money just same pay rate, but I'm, a trip I'm, to Thailand. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Thailand, and oh, then man. paid paid for the rap party when the movie was over. Oh shit! See, good uh, for him. Once again, I, see, it's for Lambert. He's delightful. He is the best. But I mean, he also got to go to that cool fucking island that they're on. And oh, I, totally. I would go there for free. Do you guys think it's weird that they paid for three separate actors for uh, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and Reptile, even though there's absolutely no way that a human being could tell them apart? I literally just pulled up the IMDb because, you know, I was trying to get the uh, Shang Tsung's name. And I'm like, oh, I meant to look. Does the same actor play all three of them? Because he could. Weirdly, I think it would be better if he did. Like that would be a more fun piece of trivia if they just got yeah. the same actor to play him. Uh, also, also, uh, I don't, I don't know if you guys noticed the cameo or not, but one of the priesty guys throughout the whole thing is uh, John Fujioka. Yeah, who American is ninja? Yeah, who is our trainer guy from American Ninja? Yeah. Oh, uh, you call it a cameo if you call that still trying to work, but whatever. <laughs> I well, didn't notice him. What everyone really didn't know is that motherfucker should have gotten that tournament. He would have won that bitch. <laughs> he would have oh, yeah. destroyed all of them. Well, he also he can be magic from time to time and disappear, <laughs> but only for a second at a time. 
Plus, I mean, if you if you throw a white child into this tournament, oh, he would have trained that kid to destroy <laughs> Oh, yeah. It. That might be what happened. That might be how he got involved. Maybe he trained Christopher Lambert to become <laughs> the god of the Chinese people. That's why he's there. <laughs> he kidnapped a baby Lambert? That makes sense now. It all, it's all totally. played out. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just... I have so few complaints about this movie, and I feel oh, like great. maybe I'm being overly generous because it, it clearly has problems. <laughs> like, uh, I don't think the movie is great. I think it's great in comparison to Street Fighter. Oh, for sure. I there, I think it's like it's OK. It looks great. I mean, none of the characters have any backstory, which is a good thing in this type of a movie. I don't care and I don't want to spend time getting to know them very much. Like I say, the fight scenes are lacking something because it's made in the 90s, and that's just a problem that exists in most things that are made in the 90s. Well, the nice thing is they I like the fact that they all do have backstory, but they only have the requisite backstory. They have yeah, just, just enough backstory just, that just you a little bit. are invested. Yeah. No, I, I like I like that. I, I you know. Like say the I, the fight scenes could have been a little better for me, and I would have been a lot more invested in the movie. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's worth watching this just to see the cool sets and to watch every character kind of look like the video game character and to see them actually just play out the video game. I was gonna say I do remember when this movie came out and having the discussions with because I had a bunch of friends who were super super into martial arts and this shit, and the the guys who play the evil ninjas. Are are three extremely qualified martial artists, like next level shit. That that weird shit where they have like eight black belts and different shit. Mm. And and you've got them working opposite of mm, American action people. <laughs> <laughs> Once, once again, the, the the Sonya Blade Kano fight is fun for whatever reasons, but her punches and stuff are, are slow and stiff as balls. Like they're bad. Ouch! Shots fired. And once again, she she was bad. She's the only bad casting in the whole movie. She's not convincing at all. Mm. Although I do like the "Give me a break, okay" line. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a huge problem with her. But. Yeah, it, it didn't bug me at all. Like I said, I wasn't blown away by any of the uh, any of the characters or acting or anything like that. So I thought they were all fine, and I think she fits right into that category. Um, fun facts number three, I guess. Uh, apparently, Steven Spielberg was supposed to have a cameo in this movie. He. He is a huge gaming fan, apparently. Really? I'm guessing uh, he was supposed to be the director in the so Johnny Cage scene. He yeah. was going to be the director, and he couldn't get his schedule to line up, so they had to do it without him. So they, they just they just made the guy, guy yeah, yeah. They just made the guy look like him. Okay, that's fun. I was wondering why they made that guy look like Steven Spielberg, but then I'm like, maybe yeah. they just think they're being funny. Hi. I will say this to what do you guys think the best fight is in the movie? Um, maybe the reptile, uh, Luke Kang fight, just because when they get to what's it called? Outworld. Right. They, they sort of are just like, well, it's a different world now, so they can just do crazier stuff, which I'm fine with. 
Yeah, like his crazy bicycle kick. Yeah. And plus, see that little reptile thing get sucked into that statue and then turn into the reptile character. That was kind of rad. I like I like that one. I think after all these years, I gotta say it. I really like the Johnny Cage Goro fight. I I know it's, no, it's a short. Too. It's short and it's dumb, but just just that opening of Goro's been decimating everybody, and the fight starts, and fucking Johnny Cage just fucking sacks him. <laughs> I know, that's so fucking great. Uh, oh, the Johnny Cage Scorpion one's pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I liked, uh, I liked the Sub-Zero fight, because he just throws water out of him. <laughs> fucking freezes him. I do like I like the fact that they sneak in some of the special moves for the uh, non-magical folks. Yeah. That aren't exactly explained and you're kind of wondering if uh well, they're in another dimension so some of them have a little well but jo- johnny cage wasn't well he was the whole tournament is right because when they get to the island their compasses don't work and shit so i suppose but yeah out world yet from what i read they're they don't really ramp up like the uh the crazier stuff till they go to that destroyed palace or whatever towards the end. Right, right. But like uh, Johnny Johnny Cage throws the shadow kick whenever he's trying to hit Scorpion. Uh, but but they kind of tied it in with Scorpion teleporting. So uh, you can just chalk it up to oh, he's he you know, blurred because he's part of yeah. teleporting or whatever, but I don't know. I, th- I thought that kind of stuff was smart, and him once again, him sacking Goro. <laughs> just, it's just great. Fuck, that's great. Because everyone knows it's coming for the whole movie if you played the games. Because that's like Johnny Cage's best move—the split sack tap. <laughs> uh, did anybody ever watch the sequel? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I did once. Fucking but terrible. I it. it is very Street Fightery. Yeah. They cram in a whole lot of characters. They pretty much recast everybody but Liu Kang. Yep. I, I will say this movie does have one slight problem. They like even introduced Jax at the beginning of the movie. But then they're like, mm, I don't think we need any serious black well, fighters in this movie. <laughs> no. But they save him for the sequel. I watched the trailer for the sequel after this. Right, right. And totally he gets, he gets the yeah. iron arms and everything. It's pretty dope. I don't. I actually don't hate the sequel. I it's it's not a good movie. Oh, and it's it was, and it's and it's definitely not as good as this movie. No, it was on uh, it was on sci-fi after the first one, and I was flipping around and I stopped on it, and I saw uh, what's his face Brian Thompson, we're a big fan of. Oh yeah turn into a really horrible CG dragon from the 90s. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. that was not good. Have, have you not seen the whole movie? I have, but again, okay. like Street Fighter, I saw it, I was, and I was, I was like, say, well, that was know, terrible. Never watch it again. You know, even worse than that, the uh, the Native American character... Nightwolf? Is that his Maybe. name? I think that's his name. Uh, of course, it's uh, like a ha ha ho ho Native American yeah. teaches him 
how to summon his inter-spirit animal and perform an animality. And then at the end of the movie, he, he turns into a dragon and bites a guy in half. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's bad. It's, like I said, it's bad. It's got good. It's got good bits in it, but on the whole, it's bad. Yeah. Trade uh, Christopher Lambert for James Remar, and I don't know if that was a good idea. Well, I don't know if, he, if that was a decision they made or not. I think that's more <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> Is uh, the uh, there's still a remake coming out, right? It's yes. This year. Yeah, it may have gotten pushed back or so, Yeah, it's hard to see what's going on. Cuz that's the that's the one based off of the uh that internet short, right, that the people made. No, I think they did uh they did like a series for that. No, okay. Um There's like a lot of Mortal Kombat stuff out there. Yeah. Um, yeah there's a weird there's there's the the one that they made into a series they were trying to do this like hyper realism thing where they were trying to justify all the different things like why baraka has blades in his arms and shit and it's like mm, yeah. no <laughs> like maybe just maybe just say he's a creepy weird sharp tooth guy from another dimension so apparently the new mortal Kombat for you guys waiting for it is coming out on april 15th in russia so, oh, okay. I don't know if that's helpful or not. <laughs> it's premiering in Russia. Well, uh, yeah, I mean uh, that could be changing, right? That just might be the only one officially on the record while people are waiting to see what happens with COVID or something. Hmm. I will and say that's just what IMDb says, so it could be concern. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Does anybody else have anything else about uh, the chick that plays Katana's hot? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And that is a very underused character in the movie. They kind of just, she's just the whisper in your ear person. Literally everybody is an underused character in the movie. That's the way I see it. It's it's not really, it's not about character. It's not what they're here for. This movie does commit one of my biggest film pet peeves. And that is in that Sub-Zero fight, the scene before the Sub-Zero fight, she does the whole use the, thing that gives life you know (laughs) and then while he's fighting sub-zero she like steps in gives him the nod which is i mean once again this it happened in the last scene we're good and instead they voice over her saying it again use the thing it's like what in the fuck like are, is, <laughs> do you do you just assume your fucking audience is just the dumbest motherfuckers on the planet well they they marketed it towards teenagers so yes yeah, again as uh, previously stated the goal was people who were old enough to go to the movies by themselves but not old enough to go to rated r movies so and then uh and then they didn't even just let that fall on its own they had to have him have him go oh water (laughs) (laughs) because you know in case people don't know where life comes from (laughs) i can't remember in the movie did they have any of the original models from the game do any of this stuff i don't think so i don't know (laughs) thanks for calling the midnight drive-in no one is here to take your call 
more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, we actually have one piece of feedback. We do? Yeah, that I, like, sent to the email, like, two weeks ago, so here we go. Uh, All right. So one piece of feedback. Um, Someone left a comment on the website, geeknerdery.com, where this podcast is hosted. But uh, I hardly ever check any of the comments there. So I just happened to notice one that was from, like, back in October. Oh, all right. So So we don't have feedback, though. It's kind of misleading when you (laughs) said we had feedback. (laughs) Well, no, there's feedback in it, but just from stuff that happened a long time ago. Um, so Tracy from Cornwall in the UK says, just wanted to say thanks for the bonus commentary episode. This was for, uh, trick or treat. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, that makes sense. I was going yeah. to say for Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one. Uh, she said this film was a first time watch for me. So I watched it with and without the entertaining words from you all. I enjoyed the film, especially as the stories intertwined were not just standalone shorts. I have purchased it for future Halloween watches. That's a very good choice that you made. That is indeed, yeah. That's, you say I've she's from before. Cornwall? Yeah. Very good. Uh, your podcast is a much listen for me, a must listen for me. Uh, that is a terrible decision on your part. Um, <laughs> just watch Trick or Treat instead. Yeah. Every Every week, just like, well... Midnight drive-in time. I should probably just watch Trick or Treat instead and go to bed. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, yeah, I, I know people in the UK have less scruples about profanity than people in America. So maybe, <laughs> maybe my constant use of the word "fuck" is less uh, <laughs> abrasive. <That's> jarring. <laughs> uh, she says, "I have discovered some good and bad recommendations from yourselves. Uh, loved Tusk, Lightning Bug, and Demons." Yeah. Uh, hated the bed that eats tentacles <laughs> and, and the magician one. Which one was the magician one? Uh, oh, Wizard of Gore. Uh, yeah, Wizard of Gore. Oh, uh, okay. Well, uh, or maybe I guess it could have been Lord of Illusions. We did Lord of Illusions too, right? Or was That's it true. Baron Mordo or whatever? Oh, yeah, Baron Mordo. I don't know. <laughs> We've done a lot of movies about fucking magicians. I don't know if you guys noticed, but we've been doing this podcast for a long time. Yeah. Just because we haven't put out a good one yet doesn't mean it hasn't been a long time. Uh, congratulations on your 150th podcast. You offer entertaining monologue and insight on both substandard and well-made must-see movies that may have gone under the radar of the general cinema-going public. Uh, just one wish list. Noah will probably say no. Uh, can as a meager listeners put forward our own suggestions for a watch list for you to choose from and commentate on, you can try and link it to one of, to one from your list in some creative way. Fingers crossed. Tracy and Cornwall UK. I, why would I say no to that? I don't know. seems like it could be a fun idea. Have, have listeners pick movies for us. Yeah, sure. Be delightful. Yeah. And anytime the listeners want to make suggestions, they're welcome to do it. Yeah. I 
we will even commit to doing the movies that you suggest. Now, the fact that we commit to doing them doesn't mean shit because we committed <laughs> to doing these movies like five years ago. <laughs> so, well, we I could mean, set up uh, like a listener month. And it's a full like, month of just movies recommended by listeners. And then, and then they'll send in the recommendations. Then it takes us about three months to get around to reading <laughs> the stuff they send in. <laughs> I, I would be even more willing to say that we would put those movies in a separate list and prioritize them over our list, which we don't even put in priority of itself. <laughs> yeah. No, by by all means, Tracy or anyone else who wants to send in recommendations, do so, and we'll see what we can do. Well, she said commentate on, so I wonder if that's commentary. She wants to do a commentary on something. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. We could do either way. Either way, yeah. The commentary tracks are kind of fun to do for us because they don't involve a lot of work the way like all the, this movie the, and by work I mean watch two movies and then maybe check the IMDb <laughs> trivia if we're bored um, but you know the commentary tracks are fun because we just stick them in and go yeah, kind of go so yeah if you're if you're interested for sure send it in Tracy maybe one of us will be organized enough to even reply to our comment yeah. on the website yeah the midnight drive in at gmail.com yeah. It's the best way. Yeah. You, there's a Facebook group as well, and you can send send recommendations to the Instagram, even though I'll be the only one that gets them. But it's fine. Also, I creep I creep the Instagram, so I'll see it. I just won't necessarily engage. Well, fair enough. I reply to almost every comment that comes in through the Instagram because it's only like one a week. So. <laughs> it's always nice to send Eric a reply. <laughs> I, I have no idea how long it took me to get here but there's a Tracy that comments on the Instagram all the time and now I'm wondering if it's the same one <laughs> I think it might be you should, you should click on her thing and see if she's from the UK well I'll see if I can figure out how to do that without accidentally setting oh. off some kind of pop up on my phone <laughs> and getting you guys mad when the music plays in the background uh, um, alright so what's everybody watched since the last time we recorded which for the listeners has only been like a week, but it was like three weeks for us. Yeah. Uh, so I will skip all the Christmas shit. Sure. <laughs> but I watched a bunch of Christmas movies. Uh, and then I basically cleared out a bunch of series. So the new uh, season of Letter Kitty came out. So I watched all of that. And okay. it's, it's fucking as funny as it always is. That show's fucking ridiculous. I'll just I there's something about the way that show's written that is unearthly funny. I don't know how they come up with these fucking lines of dialogue that they have. Uh so that was good. And then what the fuck else did I watch? Fuck. See, I, I like have them all listed in my head and then I go to talk about them and I say the first thing and it's like all oh, the rest are gone now. Yeah, They've gone down somewhere. They've gone away. Yeah, get yourself on Letterboxd. Uh, oh, I watched The History of Swear Words on Netflix. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw it, and I was like, that looks dumb, but it might be funny. I should watch it sometime. And then, like, I actually left it on there for three seconds instead of the normal second it takes to flip off of it. 
and it popped up with Nick Cage, and I was like, God damn it, now I'm going to watch this, because <laughs> fucking Nick Cage is weird, dumbass, fucking... <laughs> damn it. Uh, it was all right. I It was weirdly short. There's only like four episodes for some reason. Not that many swear words, huh? Well, but there are a shit ton of swear words. Did they cover a shit ton? That's the question. They covered shit. But not shit ton. It doesn't get they covered. Episode. They covered fuck, shit, dick, and pussy. And damn. So I guess they did five episodes. All right. It's just really weird, because I was like, I'm not going to do, like, prick. Prick's a good fucking word. <laughs> I'm really surprised they didn't do cunt, but I'm supposing that that word's probably the one <laughs> of all the episodes. Somebody would pull it up and be like, you motherfuckers <laughs> just said cunt 500 times. But I don't know. So so it was all right. And what else? I watched another series and I can't remember what the fuck it is. Finished Cobra Kai yet? Oh, yeah, that's it. Third season of Cobra Kai. Yeah, it's good. It kind of, it, you, I mean, you it with me and the, Doug, where it's just kind of there's something off about it. Well, it's pretty obvious that they've got new writers and stuff working on it. I, I don't know. I feel like they they tried to do that thing where they wanted to top the last season, which isn't necessary for that show. Well, like you don't have YouTube YouTube money anymore. You got Netflix money now, so do whatever you want. Right. And, and uh, I don't know, I, I felt like in the first two seasons, even though they're ridiculous, it all had a sense of uh, realism to it that I appreciated. Mm-hmm. And this season, a couple things happened that you're like, yeah, but that's that's not what the fuck would happen at all. Like uh, at the end of the season, uh, spoiler alert, stay away, spoilers. Uh, but when they have the big yeah. fight at the house. Yeah, yeah. I was like, they would just go to fucking jail. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Like they came over, and they broke into the house, they beat up a bunch of fucking kids. Like they're they're all going to prison. Like that's the end. I, I don't know so, stuff yeah. like that. I just I don't. If if it had been one or two of them, and you know they had like a little fight, it would have been one thing. And uh, I also felt like uh, once again, spoiler alert. Uh, Hawk's turn yeah. at the at the end felt unearned. So it was simultaneously unearned, and it was so choreographed that you could see it coming a mile away, which is yeah. good. I agree with that. Right, in, in which I get, I get what they were going for that you know he was losing the faith or whatever. But they did that weird thing where, oh, he's losing the faith. No, he's going even more extreme. No, he loses the faith, you know, and it's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, no. Well, he all, it also seems that he just gives up because someone else is getting more attention than him, which doesn't really help their, their like, him turning to be a good person. It's like, no, you gave up because the teacher started liking somebody else more than you now. So, yeah. Kind of gave that up. I was a little. I'll, I'll tell you, th- there was a couple really, really good moments in the season, though. Uh, the one where they're essentially gang jumping in the new members of Cobra Kai, <laughs> and he just fucking destroys that guy Fight Club style. Yeah, that's yeah. A, just a fucking crazy moment. <laughs> yeah, that's I, another one too. I really, I like really the- thought it was going to be that he kills him. 
I thought he was going to kill that dude in that class, and that was going to be a whole other thing. And it, it is a thing, though, because they do it, and then it goes unaddressed, where it's sort of like the fight at the house, where you're like, that kid's parents call the police. That's what would yeah. happen there. Right, like, that right, kid's right. coming home. It's not like his parents aren't going to notice. They're going to go, what happens? Well, I tried it for karate, and they made me fight this kid oh. who's, like, fucking ridiculously well-trained, and he got me down and wouldn't let me up and just pounded on me like this. Yeah, he broke he broke my face into a million pieces. <laughs> yeah, like that. Well, then the same thing about that Asian kid who is a Miyagi-Do, where they grab him up on the street and just beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Oh, and steal thousands of dollars from him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of that where it's like it, it goes unexplained why these things aren't being addressed. And it it feels like I think the overall problem, I think, is that there's just too many little storylines going on. And therefore, we're not getting deep enough into any of them. And that's where I think they just don't have time to address all these questions that we're raising. I'll tell you what. I'm glad they didn't drag out Miguel being uh, crippled. See, because, because I did, turn- I'll be honest, I didn't like that. At the end of last season, I was like, oh, that was too dark. Like, yeah. it, it just was. For that show, too dark. Snap, Snapping a kid's spine. I was like, oh, uh, too much. It, it, okay. But the fact that they already did it, um, you need to, I think you need to spend the time to come back from it. And I could, I wouldn't have bothered me to have it be a full season thing. But I, I'll tell you what, still on point. Fucking Johnny. God damn it, that character is so fucking good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. It, it like it it pisses me off how well he's written. Because you know, he's supposed to be the the character who you kind of like are disappointed in because you know he can be better. And instead he just ends up being the character that you root for all the fucking time. Cause you're like, That's right, Johnny. You can use the computer now. You're good. <laughs> fucking eagle eagle fang karate eagle fang <laughs> see that that one joke fell a little short for me really i had to pause it because i was laughing so fucking hard at that stupid fucking joke just just especially because the rhythm of it where he's like eagle fang and and then that one kid's like uh no he's like it's the one thing that can kill a cobra and he's like a mongoose and he's like no i'm talking about a real animal (laughs) (laughs) that part was funny (laughs) like when the one kid goes eagles don't have fangs and he holds up the shirt and it's got that fucking that ridiculous fucking picture that looks like a shitty tattoo (laughs) that a fucking high schooler would get (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and what's it? What's it? Well, eagles don't have fangs. Well, I already made the shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just every fucking moment of it's but so fucking. The moment great. leading up to that, when he's trying to find a dojo, and then you just see him, he's like, "So I can just like, it's free. I can just use." do karate here anytime I want. And he's like, yeah, it's a park. Now, can I go back to my family? <laughs> like, he's just harassing a guy in the park because he doesn't know what parks are. <laughs> oh, it's pretty funny stuff. Uh, yeah, I like that they just portray him as just a giant idiot sometimes. <laughs> well, he is a giant idiot. <laughs> no, I know. Awesome. But, um, I don't know. Should we get into, like, returns this season? Sure. I feel like I may have to cut this and just move it to the end of the show, but whatever. Do you want to put it on hold and we'll just do this at the end of the show or no? Nah, we can keep right. going. We got our rhythm going. All right. Um, so the big one, of course, Allie Mills shows back up. Yep. 
which I was kind of excited about, but then I don't know. I don't feel like they did kind of a lot with her, but I mean, she was only on two episodes. Yeah, I um, feel like it was more of a reunion than it was anything that advanced the yeah. current plot. But I did like the point that she was there rather than she was a goal that Johnny was working towards. She was there to remind him that he needs to stop living in the past and move forward with his life, which I thought was pretty awesome. Well, because, yeah, because when she came in and they started playing up the like the that there could be a romance between the two of them. Right. And then. It, the whole time you're thinking, like, well, right, that, right, that, that right feels after he a little bit. Fucks his protege's mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was. I'll, I'll be honest. That kind of stuff makes me feel sick to my stomach. There's something about infidelity, if if it's a character I like in a show, that genuinely upsets me. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I like that. You know, like the fact that as that's starting up, it's like, well, no, she's just. She's just here to visit and to catch up, and she's the one that's like, you guys need to move on with your lives. Yeah. Like, kind of, like, what do you guys, like, when she, when they start not getting along, and she's like, you guys are, just, like, still fighting? Like, that's stupid. You guys are idiots. And she's right. Like, it's, you shouldn't still be fighting about yeah. what went on in high school. But I also. Yeah. And she also brings up the great point that it's like, well, there's your side, Danny, and your side, Johnny, and then there's the truth. Yeah, which is, I mean, kind of, that's the, the message of probably season one, I guess, was the message. Yeah. was like, hey, maybe it's not as simple as good guy, bad guy. Right. I like that they did a lot of things in that episode, too, because it was also kind of about this idea that Johnny kind of sees the world um, through a, a, a lens and not, not necessarily the lens that we're talking about where he thinks he was the good guy and that Daniel was the bad guy, but he has these... Um, inflated ideas of what things are rather than seeing them as just things in his life. You know what I mean? So he has this inflated view of who Allie's supposed to be, but then whenever they're hanging out, he still has a great time and finds out that, you know, she's, she's fantastic, but she's fantastic because she's just a normal ass fucking person. She just, (laughs) she's a fucking divorcee that wants to have a drink and go out and have fun and eat a cheeseburger, you know? Yeah. The whole thing him trying to pronounce vegan food names and shit too is pretty funny. Because <laughs> that's happened to me before where I've gone into vegan restaurants and I don't know how to order and I'm kind of like guessing or ordering the one thing that I know how to say. Uh, the other big thing is Daniel goes back to Okinawa, which at first I thought was kind of a weird convoluted trip to get him back there, but... It was. Yeah. And I, I hated the whole plot line involving the car dealership that got yeah. him over there. And I hated the way that that plot line was resolved by Okinawa <laughs> Magic. I, yeah, yeah. I was I was getting ready to say that's once again, I was upset with the Daniel character again because he goes over there and, you know, the meeting doesn't go well. And then he's like, oh, Okinawa, I need to, you know, go touch my roots. And it's like you're leaving your fucking wife again to go out and do your dumb fucking adventures when you have all sorts of horrible responsibilities you're ignoring. But it all works out for him because of Okinawan magic. Yeah, the magic, Okinawa the magic Japanese bartender tells him to go <laughs> explore for the different Okinawan magic, which is slightly different from the Japanese magic. It's <laughs> kind of racist, actually, but it's fine. Um, 
my point is like as much as i found the plot line stupid and it was all just clearly an excuse to get him to go to okinawa i loved everything that happened there i yeah. loved his interactions with the characters from part two mm-hmm. i thought that the him and that other guy doing the karate together and him learning a little bit him again it's expanding on that whole idea of yeah miyaki do isn't some perfect karate it has a dark side as well and that dark side mm-hmm. could be useful to you and getting to learn that and stuff like that I thought was interesting yeah. and then also uh just the idea that people change that he was like the he was the worst of the worst i mean they literally fought to the death um and now he's just like oh yeah i was a terrible terrible person and i'm completely ashamed for all that bullshit but turns out he's actually like a super like awesome guy now yeah so yeah yeah Yeah, that stuff was great plus just i don't i can't remember the girl's name from part two but like i liked watching danny and her talk and just get caught up like it the reminiscing element of it really worked for yeah. me and I, I liked that a lot yeah. and yeah it, it, there was something in there too that I, I don't know if they explored it enough but there was some, it turns into kind of just an infomercial for like Okinawa we've changed come visit us but it feels like he's supposed to be learning something about how he's got this idea of Okinawa in his head and it's that idea is 30 years old and that kind of plays into the themes of the whole show which is that you know, quit living in the past element of it. That's sort of his way of learning it, whereas Johnny learns it through Allie. And mm. I, I don't know that that was explored particularly well, but it was there, and I, I like that it was there. Yeah, we should also bring up the, oh my God, the amount of product placement in this season. <laughs> I, that crystal light one was too fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I get that they tried to turn it into a joke by her saying it kind of sarcastically, yeah. but fuck, fuck me, run. <laughs> well, because at first, like the Okinawa stuff didn't even really set off an alarm. I'm just kind of like, well, I mean, if it's really become modernized, that that is the kind of stuff you would see, I guess. It didn't really think about it. And then there's the episode where Daniel's daughter skips school, and then he finds her at the dojo. And she's like, I just couldn't, I thought I could go back to school, but I just couldn't. So I just came here. Well, first I went to in and out and then I came here <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's weird, but all right. It's also then, super weird because isn't in and out a hamburger place, but she went there like when school was starting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it doesn't even, it's also offensive because I was like, damn it. No, I kind of want an in and out. Yeah. It's a chain only on the West coast too. So, but and so I'm like, well, that's weird. And then the fucking crystal light thing happened. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> they are just, like, shilling everything this season. And you team that up with the uh, canceling of the All Valley. And they're like, man, we had State Farm on for, for a main sponsor this year. And I'm just like, all right. Well, then um, by, yeah, and then by the time he gets to Okinawa and he's in that scene where it's like, KFC, Old Navy, the yeah. gap. <laughs> like, what about fuck. what about when Johnny keeps bragging about his '93 Dodge Caravan? You guys think that was product placement? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. That's a tough call. Uh, I know they mentioned uh, Coors Banquet a lot. I mean, they've done that in previous seasons, but 
with all the well, other product placement this time, I, I was just like, I don't wow. think the Coors Banquet is a product placement because every time they bring it up, he yells at people for bringing him Coors Light. So I don't. <laughs> I think if it was product placement, he'd be yelling at for bringing something produced by a different company. Well, I think it's I think it's wholly the fact that there is no beer that is quite as '80s as Coors Banquet beer. Like, that's the only time in history that it was super popular. I don't even remember it from the 80s, but I didn't drink that much beer in the 80s. <laughs> I, for for being domestic piss beer, it's not bad. No, I don't mind it now. I've tried it a few times now because it comes in stubby bottles and it's just fun to drink stuff out of a stubby bottle. <laughs> I've never but had that, it before. But that's why you drink Red Stripe. Yay, beer. Product placement. <laughs> It's not um, we're not getting paid for this though so how do we what do we feel of uh crease's backstory that we saw a lot of this season yeah I, that's one of those ones that i think was a little like i would have much rather spend more time with the kids yeah i agree it, it wasn't poorly done it was just i don't need that well mm. that's if the weird thing is that they're trying to like humanize the monster, right? Yeah. But you, it doesn't work. No. Because you go, okay, he's got a tragic backstory that kind of explains why he's an asshole. And then the next season, he's like, you beat that other child half to death. And you're like, yeah, no, doesn't matter, monster. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, especially since uh, we get all that backstory, I guess, yeah, like you said, they're trying to humanize him. But then cut to like him at the fucking town hall meeting where he is completely spinning things into his own favor. Yeah. And as a viewer, we're just like, well, what a giant piece of shit. So that yeah, stuff, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't even think they're really humanizing him as much as they're just explaining how like they're, it's the origin story, right? Yeah, which we don't need for Crease. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't I, I don't think we needed at least not that much time on it. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, I've. I, I was gonna say I've been thinking. Who do you guys think the guy was? Okay, which guy? The guy who was his his little military friend that he saved, and the guy's oh, like, you know, call me anytime for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's the that's guy obviously three. I don't yeah, know his Terry, name anymore, but he's yeah. Terry, I was gonna say, do you Terry think silver? Yeah, ponytail guy. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so he's definitely coming back next season. I'm just curious if Mike Barnes is coming back. It was the guy that Daniel fought in the tournament. That'd be interesting. Not that interesting, though. No, I know. I mean, we're up to part three characters, and they're not as memorable. But, you know, for me, who's just excited that there's this weird karate kid cinema universe now. Look, I, here's the thing about the show, though. I like I liked bringing in Allie for an episode. I like... yeah bringing in the people from part two for an episode or two like you know stuff like that's fun but at some point they've got to move on and they've got to make the teenagers the main characters and i think that's where part like season one and two kind of balanced a little bit a little better where it was like more about those kids and everything that was going on with them and the adults were kind of the periphery characters and i think that that would be better Um, look all i'm saying is that they're gonna need because spoiler alert they combine dojos by the end of the first third of this season yeah. Um, I'm just saying, season four, they're going to be like, well, we got a lot of kids. We need another, we need another uh, sensei teacher. 
I heard Miyagi taught this girl once, and then you just bring <laughs> Hillary Swank in. Yeah, I'm sure Hillary Swank's sitting around God. waiting for Netflix to call her to do guest spots. Or, or you, ex- you expand <laughs> fucking, the universe. Then, uh, that would be an excuse to bring in old uh, Ironsides. <laughs> <laughs> or you uh, you expand the universe. You bring in Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan somehow. No, you do not. No, you yeah, do not. see? Because they're not from this, because they learned... They didn't even learn karate in that movie. They just stole the name. <laughs> this is a cinematic Karate Kid universe. Oh, you're going to bring in the Karate Dog movie? Is the question I have for you? Oh, that's a Karate great. Dog movie. And that's a great or, idea. Or the small weak kid from the dojo uh, starts learning karate through fantasies where he interacts with the ghost of no, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did Karate the, Dog have uh, speaking? Speaking of getting too dark, Mr. Miyagi, oh. I think voiced a dog in it or something. Oh no, Karate Dog had John Voight in it. We can't go that that way. No. But was directed by Bob Clark. What? what? It was. Yeah. Shit. Maybe now I gotta watch it. I've never seen it because why would I watch Karate Dog? But now I might yeah. have to. Yeah, John huh. Voight is listed as the top of the list. Oh, Jamie Presley, though. And uh, Pat Morita was in it, but I think he plays think an he actual might... character. Do you think so? Yeah, his, his name is Chin Lee. Right. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. I don't know that much about Karate Dog other than that it exists. Oh, Lori Petty was in it, too, as a voice. There you go. Yeah. See? It works. Yeah, we're not. Hopefully they won't do that. <laughs> Oh, it was Top Dog. Top Dog was the one with Chuck Norris. I thought we were going to somehow bring Chuck Norris into this whole this whole no, cinematic that, universe. That needs, its own, that needs its own separate fucking... Uh... <laughs> he could come in via the sidekicks. There was kind of a Karate Kid ripoff. That's that's the joke I was making earlier. Oh. <laughs> About that. Jonathan Brandis is dead. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. The, the kid learns karate from the ghost of Jonathan Brandis. All right. Oh, gotcha. Gone too I far. Didn't. Let's get back to our Cobra Kai discussion. <laughs> this is I, ridiculous. So I was a huge fan of the uh, the last episode confrontation between Johnny and Daniel and Crease. That was yeah. really fucking good. Yeah, I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. yeah, I just I just think it's funny the stuff that we've talked about. I posted this on Facebook too. That's like. <laughs> I just, I mean, we've always had Daniel's wife is sort of like the person that's like, okay, I'm going to say this shit out loud so everybody understands that it's completely ridiculous. But I, I just want to know what the news is like in that town <laughs> where it's like, well, karate gang attack at the LaRusso household. Bunch of kids were beat up uh, the same night and apparently a retaliation attack. There was windows broken out of the local dojo. It's just like, what the fuck is going on in this town? Yeah, the episode the episode where she hit Crease <laughs> was one of those moments that you're like, well, that's going to come back to haunt her. Yeah. So, but I like the fact that it demonstrates that she's been judging them this whole time. And then oh, she actually yeah. beats him and realizes, <laughs> oh, oh, no. OK, so he is the devil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good. Oh. Although the end so, of this season, we have reached my prediction of Daniel and Johnny coming together to form a larger dojo to fight the Cobra guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
so we have our different moral lessons in this season in seasons every year um did you guys pick up on the one for this year the one for this year is a little dark and very 2020 um eat lots of in and out burger and the, the moral sure you lesson drink your crystal light if you pay attention to the moral lesson of this year it's uh bullying works and you, you can't escape it and all of the lessons that we teach our kids are bullshit because the two things you tell kids when there's bullying one of them is go find an authority figure tell them well they try that lots in this season doesn't do shit makes things worse actually and the other thing is well just punch the bully in the nose and he'll go away so they try that one and the fucking kid's arm gets broken as a result <laughs> and Cobra Kai just wins constantly because much like in the real world bullying works if you just push people around and you're a dick you will get ahead in life and you will win and the this lie we tell our children when they're being bullied that it gets better well that that's a lie that we tell our children to make them feel better about life but it's not true bullying works it keeps going on the rest of your life sometimes you get to be president of the united states just because you're a bully your whole life even though you really failed at everything you've actually tried to accomplish except being a bully there so there you go yeah i was gonna say there is a slight plot hole this season caused by the first season but it's not that big of a deal so i don't know if you remember but originally in the first season cobra kai was permanently banned from competing and the reason why they were permanently banned was from John Kreese attacking his own student and breaking the rules a bunch of times. And all of these people are obsessed with this tournament and obsessed, especially with the year that Daniel won. And now all of a sudden, none of them fucking remember John Kreese. Well, they've already well, lifted the ban, so. And, well, first of all, though, but but the, the main plot line here is about the tournament being canceled by the city, not by the tournament tournament organizers it's different people right yeah i guess that's true so there it's not about the tournament commission keeping him out it's about not getting a license to have the tournament at all so it'll be interesting i'm i'm excited for next year because next year we'll get like a real classic karate kid storyline where they're training to fight in the tournament (laughs) seems that way I was wondering, there was like one episode left and then they get the tournament back on. I'm like, I don't know, I think I don't think we're going to see the All Valley till next season. Yeah, I kind of I kind of hope that uh maybe next season's the last season. Uh Ralph Macchio has said they have it planned out for at least 6 seasons, but they uh have a way to wrap it up if they were to get a, a nod from Netflix that they were not going to renew them. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what I'm worried. I don't, I don't need this show ending on a fucking cliffhanger and ruining it for me. No, because it would completely ruin it. If like, like right now, if season four doesn't come back, I would almost wish the show had never been made. Right, like, because it ends on such a cliffhanger. Yeah, I'm kind uh, of hoping what ends up happening is, you know, the whole Oakall Valley tournament happens, and that all of the main characters are beating the ever living shit out of each other, and all that craziness. And then the person who ends up winning the tournament's just some random. It's like the awesome. the little Asian kid or something wins. Just, <laughs> just, just everyone else. Everyone else was joke. injured. They beat the shit out of each other. So, 
what if it's just somebody from another dojo that wins and they're like we right. didn't plan this contingency into our event. we don't know what to do with this we just kind of assumed we were the best what if we're not even that good just don't the other we're just in the news a lot because of how the we're breaking into each other's houses and car dealerships but actually I mean, the, uh, I will say my biggest complaint of the season is Robbie going to the dark side again, because I feel yeah. like that was it's just kind of cheap and lazy. Yeah. Uh, did anybody remember there was a Karate Kid animated show? No. no. Yeah, apparently 13 episodes on NBC, it looks like. So do you think we can uh, somehow get some storylines from the animated series? into? <laughs> Stop trying to build the universe. <laughs> So help me, I'm complaining so help me about God, too many storylines already, and you want there to be a cartoon now. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else before we move on to what Doug watched? Nope. All right. What'd you watch, Doug? Uh, I don't have a lot because I dedicated most of my time off to rewatching or finishing my rewatch of Buffy. So, I mean, oh yeah. I was like, I think last time we talked, I was like beginning of season six, and I'm completely done now. Yeah, looking for a new project actually. Start uh, Angel, the Angel rewatch. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to keep myself <laughs> in that universe. Oh. Uh, we'll How see. did you handle the two part episodes that went between both shows? I just watched the Buffy ones. Wow. Because I don't know. Because well, mostly because I was like watching it through Prime, and they didn't give me the option to switch over to Angel. So. <laughs> but. Uh, I have done it before where I tried to watch them simultaneously. So I watched one of my previous rewatches. I watched like seasons one, two, three of Buffy and then literally went, you know, episode one of Buffy, episode one of Angel, episode two of Buffy, episode three of Angel. Like just went the whole way and made it all the way up through until I was just watching Angel because Buffy had finished. Um, That's really hard to do, especially since I was watching it on disc back then. So I had to get up and switch. Yeah, me and Amanda did that when she did her initial, because she didn't watch it when it was on. So we were watching through it, and I'm like, well, now we got to start incorporating Angel. But then we would concede, like, okay, well, like, these three episodes of Angel don't do have anything to do with Buffy, so we can watch those. And yeah, then we got to switch over to Buffy. Yeah. Especially when they were on, like, two different networks, it became, like, well, they're almost they rarely mention each other now and like crossovers are like maybe one a year. Yeah. So it was, uh, that's one of my complaints about the ending of Buffy is like they bring angel in and he feels so fucking forced in and it's just Mm -hmm. pointless, but then it plays such an important role in the ending. And I didn't, I don't like that angel shows up with magic amulet and that ends up being such an important part of that final episode. And I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't want, like, I, I get what they were doing was because they were going to bring Spike over to Angel. Yeah. Which, the, which they announced before the finale of Buffy. So I'm like, well, this yeah. is, this, this whole sentimental scene means jack shit now. Yeah. So the whole thing was kind of like, and I understand it's a business. You make your marketing decisions sometimes, but I didn't love that element of it. Cause I do like the idea of like, we're going to, turn all these girls into slayers and open the hellmouth and storm in and have a war you know i thought they did a pretty good job of it all but the uh yeah just that little bit i didn't like so i don't know i don't know how much time we want to spend i can go through every episode that i watch (laughs) that's all right 
um, yeah, like the dark ass season six, and then the, actually season Ugh. seven's pretty dark as well. You get some weird dark yeah. shit going on. Season six is so depressing. Yeah, and I then like. like, and then I, you're like, like well, like, it can't really get more depressing. That's good, and then it does. Yeah, yeah, that's what it does. That's its thing. Season seven, like when it gets dark, it gets dark in more of like, a, oh, this character was just killed off or whatever. Xander had his eye poked out on screen, which is pretty gross and dark for TV, but it's horror movie dark. It's not. Yeah, I will say dark of season uh, six. Nathan Fillion's character, Caleb. Yep. He is pretty rad. He's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. He's he does a great job of betraying like that thing where he genuinely believes everything he says. He thinks he's the good guy as weird as it is. And it really works. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really like that show, in case you're wondering why I'm watching it for the 12th time. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I say, I don't want to get into too much of it because I'm sure people, we could do a whole podcast on it if we wanted to. Maybe mm. we'll do that one day. Yep, um, get ready, Noah. It's the Buffy Rewatch season. Okay. <laughs> Trying to think even, of what else I've watched. We tried to make Scott do it, and then Scott quit. So yeah, well, you can pick up where Scott left off if you want. We'll try to do the math. Yeah, you didn't even finish season one, so <laughs> you're in for a good six I'm seasons, gonna, buddy. I'm just gonna keep accidentally watching episodes of Charmed <laughs> and pretending I don't know the difference. Oh no, Shannon Doherty is kind of a bitch in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this was the episode with John Ritter. You missed this a good is, one. This is the Rose McGowan switch. Mm. All right. We're just going to end up fighting if we stay on this route. There's no point. Um, yeah, did I tell you guys I tried to start rewatching The Mandalorian? Oh, no. So the plan was to sit down with my kid and rewatch The Mandalorian. Yeah. Except, turns out, episode two is super epic in his words. <laughs> so I watched episode one and I've seen episode two three times and he will oh. not let me move forward because <laughs> he likes the fight with the Jawas. Nice. <laughs> like, Can we watch that one again? I'm like, oh, I guess. <laughs> I no, he did other stuff. Like, there's all sorts of stuff coming up. Like, oh, get this though. My fucking four year old kid, he's like, Dad is like, Baby Yoda gonna be okay? And I'm like, uh, a lot goes on, buddy, but yeah, I'm sure you can trust he'll be okay and he's like i bet you luke skywalker will show up and save him and i'm like how do you know <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell <laughs> you've seen two episodes you don't have you don't have internet you don't know how to, you can't get spoiled <laughs> god damn it <laughs> uh what if john favreau's kid just did the same thing and favreau was like oh my god it's you're right <sighs> So now I kind of want to get to the end and my kid will be right, but he'll be all excited. <laughs> but God knows how long it'll take to get there. <laughs> I've also, uh, I've also watched shark boy and lava girl fucking four times this holiday season. Oh, nice. oh my God. That's the other fucking thing I watched. <laughs> shark boy and lava no, girl. Not, not shark boy and lava girl. The, uh, what's it called? We can be heroes. Oh it's, yeah, it's the, the one sequel? that's set in the yeah. It's the sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl about their children. Okay, is that what it is? 
Yes. So I'm about watching it so I don't have to watch Shark Boy and Lava Girl again. Yes, one of the one of the characters' names is Guppy, and Guppy is the child of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I I had to watch it. I was sitting there flipping through, and I saw it pop up. And it starts going, and I was like, what the fuck is up with the cast of this fucking movie? Because it's got, like, uh, god damn it, who all's in it? Uh, Pedro Pascal's in it, and uh, why is my brain not working? Fucking oh. Christian Slater. Oh, Slater. We could do it for Slater September. I mean, they're not, and the whole thing is, those people aren't in it for a super long time because obviously they play the parents who get abducted by aliens and then all the kids have to fight the invasion but but yeah I was like I, well I gotta watch this and it's cheesy and uh, ridiculous but so you I don't know <laughs> no, well it's it's like it's delightful in that kids way if I had kids I'd be like let's watch this shit I was hoping it would be a little more sky high and a little less Shark Boy and Lava Girl, but uh, it was all right. Well, it sounds like I'm going to be watching that one soon, so I'll let you guys know what I think. Because there you go. I'm out about my limit with this watching the same Shark Boy <laughs> and Lava Girl movie over and over again. No, this one's got Shark Boy and Lava Girl's kids in it. Yeah, that'll be boring. Enough. Boring dad. Yeah, let's, let's watch the, episode two of The Mandalorian again. The daughter, instead of uh, having the power to control lava because her dad is Shark Boy, she can control water. Okay, and she also goes into shark rages. All right, that's good enough. <laughs> uh, where, where were we at? Uh, shark Boy and Lava Girl. Okay, um, yeah, we're done with that. Uh, the only other movie I watched was uh, Tenet. I got around oh. that one. Uh, I purchased it, but I have not yet watched it. Yeah. I have, we are, we're in full lockdown mode here, but because I, I technically live alone, I'm yeah. allowed to associate with one other family. And yeah. now that other family is my buddy Brian's house because he, uh, he bought Tenet and I wanted to watch it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm like, well, I've been stuck in the house for like a week now and I guess now if I can come over to your house and his teenagers are like, why are you allowed to have friends over dad? And he's like, well, he's allowed to associate with one family. It's <laughs> coming over to watch Tenet. So anyways, uh, it's pretty good. In case you guys are wondering yeah. whether uh, Christopher Nolan's a good filmmaker or not, like he's, there's lots of good action in yeah. it. Do you guys know the premise of it basically? Cause well, I didn't. Well, I know sort of the loose, like what it's supposed to be, but I've heard it's to be very confusing. Yeah, so the concept of it, for people who don't know, is that sometime in the future, somebody invents technology that can cause things to move backwards, basically. So things are now going to be moving backwards through time instead of forward through time. And so what they've done is they've been sending parts of an algorithm back to some guy in the past so that he can create that technology now, and somehow this will end everything. And uh, people have got to try and stop that, basically, is what it comes down to. So really what it's about is these cool action sequences where some people are literally moving backwards and they're doing all their actions backwards. And then you'll see a fight scene between them and somebody who's moving forward. And then later in the movie, you'll get to see that fight scene again. But it looks like the other guy is moving backwards because they've 
Does that make any sense when I say it like that? Sure. Yeah. So, like, imagine, like, literally a world where you, where you can put something through, like, a, a magic box, and it will literally start traveling backwards in time instead of forwards through time. So if you walk in the box and you walk back out the other side, you will literally pass yourself, because one of you will be going in and one of you will be coming out, because one of you is traveling forward through time and one is traveling backward through time. Yeah. And it gives you that option of being able to travel back in time However, it's stated very clearly in the movie that they kind of follow the endgame rules where you cannot change things that have happened. You cannot change the past. So when you're traveling backwards through time, you'll be seeing events happen. And it, there's a lot of moments where the characters realize that they played a role in the events that they went through earlier in the movie. Because there's now two of them, one traveling forward through time and one traveling backward through time, if that makes any sense. Sure. And that, like, the bad guys have figured out this thing where they do, like, when they're trying to stop things from going wrong, they, they call it a time pincer. They literally have two teams of guys traveling, one through forward through time and one backwards through time, and then they meet in the middle at whatever event so that they can help each other accomplish whatever goal it is they want to, which is usually some giant action sequence. Um, so, yeah, the action sequences are all really cool. We see a plane drive into a building and all sorts of other cool shit happen. Uh, my complaint about the movie would be that it's because it's Christopher Nolan, it's trying to be a very, very smart movie. And I don't think it's as smart as it thinks it is. I think there's just a lot of shit in the movie that just doesn't make sense. And that's fine if you're a big, dumb action movie. But the movie, I think, forces you to think about things in a certain way. And then when you start thinking too hard, it starts just not making any sense. And I don't think there's any explanations for some of it. Yeah. There's a lot of like weird little details. Like when you're traveling backwards through time, like fire will cause ice, but it doesn't, that doesn't make any sense um, at all. Like, and it just doesn't, but it leads to like a cool scene where there's a f literally fire causing ice and you're like, Oh, that's neat, but that doesn't make any sense. And it's like, well, you're, you're trying to be smarter than you are. If, if I can say that. Mm. Um, and there's, my other big complaint is because of that emphasis on, well, you can't change things, I'm like, oh, so where are the stakes in this movie? Like, nothing these people do really matters because the outcome is effectively predetermined, right? Like, yeah. as an audience, we might not necessarily know exactly what that outcome is until later in the movie, but we know that, the, we know that no matter what these guys do, the outcome is going to be the same. And so that kind of takes the... For me, it took some of the tension out of the movie once I realized that. Mm. But solid performances, solid action. Movie, the kind of movie that will get you thinking and get you talking to your friends about it. But the problem is if you go too far down that path, you're going to realize that you're overthinking something that's not as smart as it thinks it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely interested. Uh, people always said that they got really confused by stuff like uh inception and interstellar which i don't understand i thought both of those are pretty straightforward yeah so i'm hoping it's another case of that maybe yeah and i don't like i can understand in there's going to be times in the movie where you're going to be confused by what's going on yeah but it'll all most of it makes sense at the end i think except for the stuff that just doesn't make sense <laughs> And then there's like there's a couple other issues that I like I don't know I don't I don't I don't want to spoil it for you too much but like 
one of the questions I had is like, okay, so when you go backwards through time, do you de-age or don't you? And that because of certain discussions they have in the movie, I'm like, that could be very relevant, but they don't, I don't think they answer that question at all. So it's like, again, like nobody in the movie poses it, but my brain asked that question and I don't think there's an answer that exists. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious. Check it out. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely recommend checking it out. If you like Nolan movies, it's extremely well made. The practical action effects are all really good. There's like cool car chases and, like I say, fight scenes where one guy's moving backwards and one guy's moving forwards, and it looks really cool. I don't know how the hell they choreographed stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I definitely found myself, there's one particular scene where two guys are, like, they're supposed to be traveling backwards through time, but that we're seeing the scene from their perspective. So the way we're seeing it, they're the only two moving forward. <laughs> if that makes any sense, and everything is moving backwards around them. And me and my buddy spent, like, we rewatched the scene, like, three times, and we're just like, how the hell did they, like, did, did they have, are they superimposed in here? Is this a CGI thing? Or are they, they can't have everything moving backwards around them. Are these two guys moving backwards and then being played in reverse? And we couldn't figure it out. So <laughs> whatever they did, they did it well enough that it looks like these two guys are walking forward and, I'm sure maybe by now there's trivia out there on the internet that would help you answer those types of questions. But anyways, <laughs> and another another solid performance from Robert Pattinson, which makes me a little bit happier about the whole Batman thing. Because so. <laughs> I was every time I see him in something, I'm like, oh yeah, right, he can act. It's not the Twilight guy as Batman. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, I saw memes on Facebook that people have been posting like this guy's Batman, and it's just a bunch of pictures of. And from Twilight, and someone responds with, no, this guy is Batman, and it's pictures of him from, like, Good Time, and yeah. like a bunch of other really good roles he's been in. So. Uh, Alright, you watch anything else? No, I believe that's about it. Alright, well, I'm gonna just sort of cherry-pick a couple things. Uh, rewatch uh, Wonder Woman, uh, which I still enjoyed. <laughs> And then watched uh, Wonder Woman 1984, okay. which I did not enjoy as much. Um, I would say the first half of it's pretty good, okay. and then the last half of it is sort of like eye-rolling, and I was like, well, that wasn't good, and it kind of ruins the movie for me. Yeah, I keep, I've heard this a bunch of times from people that it's kind of a mixed bag, and some of the stuff yeah. works and some doesn't. Like, some of the shit's ridiculous. Like, the whole way they bring Steve Trevor back is ridiculous. But I kind of go with it, and I'm like, well, I mean, it's, it's a movie about the daughter of Zeus. I shouldn't worry too much about that. But then, like, the uh, the way they sort of rectify everything at the end, I'm like, well, that was dumb. They could have done that a lot better. So, I would say not a fan. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Which is a bummer. See, I, I didn't even really like the first one that much, so I don't know where that would put me as far as even bothering to watch the second one. Yeah. They're fast-tracking the third one, so... Yeah. Um, let's see. I watched another movie that... Uh, I watched a movie called Streets of Fire. Has anybody ever seen this movie? Like 80s movie? Yeah. I think I may have. All right. Well, 
let me run down like the cast that's in this movie. Um, so the main guy is played by Michael Pear Pare. <laughs> P-A-R-E, but it's got that little little uh, inflection over the top of the E. R-A, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I'm American. I don't understand stuff. Um, so this movie takes place, and it opens with a weird line that says, like, some other place, some other time. Which sets it up that it's like, oh, this, this is kind of supposed to be kind of like a fable-ish sort of thing, which makes sense when you watch it, because it's it's it, like the police cars are from like the fifties in it, okay. but there's lots of neon and these people who are dressed up like 50s singers play music from the eighties. And All right. yeah. Um, so this guy had left town, joined the army, but now he's a, he's left the army and he's a mercenary of some sort, but he's Wait. coming back. Wait, so it got William Defoe in it? I'm getting there. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to say, I think I have seen this. I only remember little snippets of it, though. So, yeah. So he and comes it's got back. Rick Moranis in it, too. Right? Hold on. I'm getting there. Stop it. You're I apologize. Ruining, you're ruining my story flow. So he comes through town, uh, finds out that his ex-girlfriend, played by Diane Lane, who is a singer of a rock band, has been kidnapped by a biker gang that is run by Willem Dafoe and her manager played by Rick Moranis tells this guy, Hey, you need to go rescue your ex-girlfriend because you know, I'm losing lots of money by her not playing shows. And he like teams up with this other girl who's passing through town played by Amy Madigan and sometimes hangs out at the bar where the bartender is Bill Paxton. Jesus. Right? Um, and then later on in the movie, when they infiltrate the biker bar, uh, Elizabeth Daly from Pee-wee's Big Adventure is there. And, yeah, there's, like, all kinds of people in it. But it's such a weird movie. Um, yeah, I can't I can't hardly remember any of the plot points. All I remember is, like, William Defoe making crazy William Defoe faces and yeah. the fact that Rick Moranis is there for some reason. Yeah. So, yeah, they have to come up with this plan to break his girlfriend out of this biker's club. She's been chained up to a bed. And then, of course, they blow a bunch of shit up. And then uh, at the end, the main character and, and Willem Dafoe have, uh, have a fight surrounded by all their their friends on either side. It's weird. Like, like it sounds kind of like a straightforward movie, but the atmosphere in it is so weird. Like I said, it's... Some of the set design is from the 50s, but then there's a bunch of 80s stuff. And then sometimes, I don't know, they talk. They talk like it's the 50s. It's kind of weird. But I don't know if I could recommend it. But if you're just like, well, kind of want to see this weird movie. Then, yeah, you should totally watch it. Well, I kind of want to see this weird movie now that we're here. Yeah. And, oh, it's also written and directed by Walter Hill. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's it's strange. I think it was, wasn't it based off a book? No, it's a something he came up with while they were right. filming uh, 48 Hours. 
he was talking with like his uh, producer or something between takes, and they just came up with this idea for this for this story, I guess. Um, yeah. So apparently, years later, the guy who made Cyborg made an unofficial sequel to it called uh, the fuck is it called? Uh, Streets to Hell or something like that. I don't know. It was never released in the United States because he didn't he he didn't have the rights to anything. Just like he made sequels to Cyborg and just put them up on his website before he died and stuff. So I've watched the trailer for that and it looks fucking terrible. But you know, I don't know. Fuck it was just a strange. Guy ex- that just makes movies. And he's like, you have the rights to do that? Nah, I'm just doing it anyway. Let's see what happens. What <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so it's, I don't know. It was a strange movie. I was just like, 1980s movie. You read the plot. You're like, okay, that sounds all right. You look at the cast list. You're like, why have I never heard of this movie? And it may just be too weird of a movie for people. (laughs) Why have I never seen this? And then you watch it and you go, oh, yeah, (laughs) that's why. Um, so cautionary recommend if you want to see a very weird movie, go for it. Um, real quick, I watched a documentary that I know I would be excited about called direct to video straight to video horror of the nineties. Um, so it's just you know, talking heads talking about what it was like in the nineties for direct to video movies. I mean, direct to video was the only way to go in the nineties. Uh, they have a section on full moon. They have a section on trauma. They just have random sections on. 90s 90s trauma is uh the other thing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah so it's a lot of fun if you like documentaries like that where they're just talking about a very specific section of movies and uh yeah it's a lot of fun um and then lastly i watched a 80s slasher movie called the majorettes which sounded really promising. It starts off really promising. And then by the end, they get it so convoluted that you're just like, well, this is stupid. Um, so there is um, these girls in high school and they're majorettes, which uh, is the girls like with the band and stuff who twirl like the batons. Yeah, right. Yeah, those, those are the majorettes. Right. The it's, fake guns and stuff. And someone is killing them off one by one. So what's not to love about this? Because all of the teenagers are played by like 30 year olds. So there's lots of boob shots of locker rooms. Excellent. Um, it's thought that the local janitor might be the one doing it. Cause he's kind of a pervert. Uh, somebody's ex-boyfriend might be the one doing it. And then when they wrap it all up, it turns out it's the local sheriff who's doing it, but he gets found out by the janitor's mom, who is a nurse for one of the girl's invalid grandmothers. And so the nurse and the janitor try to blackmail the sheriff into doing what they want. And they end up getting killed and the sheriff gets away with everything by the end of the movie. And I'm just like, wow, this just took like a really 
annoying turn. You could literally just could have said, oh, the sheriff did it. Then have him cover it up by the end. But nope, we're going to add like two or three other random people for no reason whatsoever. So that was a bummer. But I do recommend watching for the uh, locker room scenes because they were pretty awesome. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Next week, um, I feel like we haven't had enough Dudikoff in our life. Nobody ever does. So Why wasn't Dudikoff playing Guile? See? Oh, that would have been perfect. See, Doug comes up with solutions. He was the American Ninja, after all. Why not have him play Guile? That would have been perfect. Uh, so we are watching... A 1989 movie called River of Death, starring one Michael Dudikoff and Donald Pleasance. Perfect. Uh, an adventurer decides to go in search of the lost city in the Amazon jungle. A motley crew of other people with reasons of their own decide to join him for the wealth of the lost treasure. I mean, perfect, right? Apparently Robert Vaughn is also in this. Uh, we're teaming that up with Firewalker, if I remember correctly, before I double-check on IMDb. This is a Chuck Norris movie. <laughs> yes, Chuck Norris and Louis Gossett Jr. Jesus. Is there anyone we're not going to be discussing? <laughs> <laughs> the amount of overacting that's going to happen yeah. next week is going to be crazy. Uh, I have no idea what either of these movies are. I don't think I've ever seen any of them. A pair of adventurers try to track down an ancient Aztec Mayan Egyptian Apache... Word of gold. What in the fuck did you just say? <laughs> it says say. Aztec slash Mayan slash Egyptian slash Apache. Word of sure. gold. I don't, Jesus Christ. I'm not sure if it's acceptable to just put slashes between those things and act like that makes it okay. Uh, so we get Chuck Norris and Louis Gossett Jr. in one movie. Along with Sonny Landham from predator and whatever that last movie we saw him in yeah and jonathan reese davies from the lord of the rings movies jesus <laughs> the time so. he was jonathan reese davies from like indiana jones though right uh yes because this would be 1986 yeah. so he wasn't from the lord of the rings movies for a while <laughs> nope so Two adventure movies where people are seeking their t- their fortune through some ancient civilization. This sounds like it's going to be a fun week. It's not going to be. I uh, I just don't know what the hell's happening anymore. <laughs> those those castless and movie descriptions just broke my brain. <laughs> Hopefully, in a good way. Yeah, hopefully. I don't think he knows yet. Oh my god, I didn't even read the full description of River of Death. Uh, so all these other people join him for the wealth to for the wealth of the lost city. But to their horror, they find out they have bit off more than they can chew. What with the Nazi doctor still doing his experiments <laughs> on people in the same place. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. I'm uh, so excited for that. Uh, it's, yeah, it's not a period piece, though, right? It's set in the 80s, and it has got Nazis doctors that are just like wicked old, <laughs> still doing their experiments. Um, 
The only pictures they have on IMDb are posters. Oh, Robert Vaughn is playing the Nazi. That's even better. Of course. Um, it looks modern dayish. Someone's wearing a bow tie. Yeah, Michael Dudikoff. Pictures of it. Dudikoff's got, like armed up like an '80s soldier. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, Donald Pleasance is a Nazi too. This is gonna be the best. It's not available for streaming anywhere in Canada. Uh oh. I'll have to find it. It's probably. Wonder on if it's on. Might be on YouTube. Seems like a movie that would be on YouTube. Yeah. I just uh. these these movies were made. <laughs> People made them. What's the other one called? So I might as well check if I can find it legally. Firewalker. Firewalker. That one. It sounds like it's. Yeah. Chuck Norris. Sounds like a spinoff of Walker Texas Ranger. <laughs> Firewalker Texas Ranger. Now, I, I think I saw a trailer for River of Death, and I'm like, well, this is a movie we need to do. And then just teamed it up with Firewalker because, of course. Because they sound like they go well together. Yeah. Uh, Firewalker, Noah, is on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. All right, then. Uh, River of Death uh, is available on Tubi. Here in the States. So. Ah, good old Tubi. Yeah. Sorry, Doug. It looks like Firewalker might be on YouTube. If anyone's looking for it. Oh, we got it. We're all set. There's just there's a scene in Firewalker that's available on YouTube. which just says Firewalker-Bar Brawl. And you can see like Louis Gossett Jr. and Chuck Norris standing at a bar. And it makes me so happy. <laughs> just... <laughs> I'm not joking. All I can imagine is that these cast lists and movie descriptions are written by Jean-Claude Van Damme, who was writing them in between bumps of coke and fucking an Australian <laughs> songstress. Sounds right. Yeah, I put these on the list. and I'm super excited now. Oh, River of Death's a canon film, too, as well. Oh, well, I mean, come on. I mean, it, it was implied <laughs> by the plot description <laughs> and the Dudikoffness of it. I was getting ready to say, it's got Dudikoff in it. I don't recall him getting <laughs> a whole lot of work outside of Canon Films. <laughs> oh, there is also another movie called River of Death from 1934. So if the listeners are planning to watch along, make sure you watch the 80s one. In case you're not sure which one we're covering on this podcast. Now, just like five high dudes watching the 30s ones like, I don't, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> Supposed to be. Is that Dudikoff? What does Dudikoff look like in black and white anyway? So I'm looking at uh, looking at this cast list and there's a character in River of Death named Long John Silver. Okay. Sure, why not? <laughs> Are they putting pirates into this too? I don't see why you wouldn't at this point. <laughs> oh my god. Best movie ever. <laughs> I need an adult. Yeah, I just randomly put this on the list. I'm so excited now for this for this episode. I gotta find these movies now. Sorry, right, me and Noah will just do it. You'll be no. you'll be out of luck. No, no, no. I, didn't, I didn't sit through Street Fighter, so I can miss. <laughs> <laughs> Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.
And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.